Wakey, wakey, Iggy Biggy. Tis the Smart Coast Morning Show, blasting awesome sauce all over your interwebs. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Smodcast Morning Show on the Smodcast Internet, Smodco Internet Radio Network. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. Like, <laughs> like they listen for yeah. for to see if we get it right. Uh, I'm your Tuesday morning co-host, Marty Yu, with uh, James Franco and Stephen Kruger. Yes, There's we have a seat for. Uh, who do you have a seat for? At the, Elijah. Elijah. We have a seat for Elijah. Two seats for Elijah. Two seats. Uh, you know, Bill Bill Waterson is shooting today in Santa Barbara, so he's not... Oh, I didn't know he had us. a heroin problem. It's yep. terrible. Yeah. Oh. I thought he was just smoking it and sniffing it. No. <laughs> no? No. He's okay. just okay. killing people. There you go. Wow. Yeah. So, by the way, uh, we've gotten some great tweets, uh, really nice tweets from uh, f- listeners... Uh, some people, we don't get to them um, during the show because they, they, they're people who uh, listen offline. And they say very nice things, especially ones who said, uh, bring back Mr. Wu. So thank you guys all oh, for, for doing all three of you. <laughs> no, I think there you, were You played a more character named Mr. Wu? Because it was written by... A, ra- a racist? No. Di- I don't see you as Asian. I see you as an actor. No, it was written by friend of the show, Diane Ruggiero, who's... Uh, um, and so, she, you know, she was like, hmm, what, what's the one Chinese person I know? You. Oh, Marty Yu. Uh, how, how, how can we fix that? Uh, so I, I got a chance to see her, her little baby boy Race. this past She's week. A racist. Her little racist baby boy. And he's super cute. Um, so, by the way, if you do want to tweet in while we're doing this, or when you get a chance to listen offline, uh, we are at Nooner Dan Marty, or you can email us at NoonerPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, it, it was very helpful. Somebody tweeted me about something I said last week, I think, and, it, and he said I... Uh, well, that's, that's too much. Oh, my God. That's way too much, Kruger. That's too strong. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, we're <laughs> Calibrating we're, things. We're manning the boards and boarding the man... Uh, Men. I, apparently, I had said something that a penis smelled like a baby's head. <laughs> I don't remember. But he said, I burst out laughing, and I was on the bus. And I said, well, <laughs> shame on you for being on a bus. You should get in a car like an American. But he was from Finland, so. No, I think it's very, very noble of him to do that. And somebody else tweeted something I said. So I don't li- I'm not a fan of the show. I don't listen. So, um, But I'm going to now. And Good. I'm going to go to iTunes, and I'm going to rate uh, the show. Maybe, yeah, maybe, please rate, maybe rate the show. Three, three out of five stars, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And if you haven't tweeted it, just let us know that you exist. Let us know what you're doing when you listen to the show. Uh, even those who are listening right now, like Allison and Tyson and Michael and Yako and Chris and Jeff and Darren, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I listen to the Dan Savage podcast, the Savage Love podcast, which, you know, he's a sex columnist. Yes. And it, I, whenever I'm like in like the grocery store and he's like talking about, you know, what to do with used condoms and you know what's the dis- all that cum in your ass yeah kind of love making right yeah <laughs> how to deal what's the etiquette and then i'm just like pushing my cart past children feeling like mm. i'm a predator somehow you know mm, you are <laughs> well for different reasons um yes and michael thank you for pledging for uh, hey here's a, here's a thought Veronica maybe Mars. don't listen to dan savage's podcast when you're shopping why it's, it's it's in the privacy of my own ears right you're learning how to uh re- re- your gag reflex 
no, learn to loosen it up so you can deep throat just, a guy. There's I, also deep emotional questions. Maybe it'll get to the heart of, you know. Why do I go to movies alone? Why do I go to movies alone? <laughs> like The Call, which I saw this no. week, this oh. weekend. No. I did. I went, uh, and I didn't even bring any foodstuffs with oh. me. Oh, man. I, That's a cry for help. Yeah. That is your... No, I, actually, I did bring some crystal light. What am I saying? It's <laughs> <laughs> some crystal meth. Like, oh, oh no. They still it's make crystal movie. light? Oh, I drink yeah, it. Yeah, really. Come on, we talk about it every week. But you were smoking it. You weren't, like, <laughs> drinking it. No, I just cut a couple lines. Cut a couple lines. <laughs> what was the, uh, the, the beverage you made with? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the pink ascot. Pink ascot. Yeah. You know what? I have... One envelope of pink grapefruit, and because uh-huh. it's a discontinued flavor. And uh-huh. one time we're gonna do an uh, like we'll pre-tape a show or something. And we'll I'm gonna make cocktails, stuff. so we're gonna All have. Right. I'm saving it for us, so I'm <laughs> oh. gonna actually drink with people. Uh, the novel <laughs> idea, yeah. So the call was actually. I mean, it was such a silly movie. You know, it's about a. An, oh, I know what it's about. Uh, I saw the trailer, so thus I saw the movie. Right, and, and you know, it's, it's like. A nine one one caller who's trying to save a, a kidnapped girl who's got the the phone, oh, and so it's uh, like play. Oh, wait, wait, what what is the the, the job? Nine one one. Okay, op- so if you lined up one hundred thousand nine one one operators just in a line, would any of them look like Halle Berry? Yeah. Would anyone? Right. No, it's funny. You look at all the other ones too, and they just they like Hollywood actors, you know. Yeah, but, but I'm talking about real. Like if we went downtown to the nine one one here in L A., they would none would look like Halle Berry. The, what they, they did, look like Retta from uh, Parks yeah. and Rec. <laughs> what they did was they gave her the worst haircut. So like, I, look I, at I she's that. like she's one of us. Look at that hair. You know who movie star would have that hair? <laughs> she can't afford a real haircut on a nine one one operator salary. So it was directed by this guy Brad Anderson, who who did some indie films in the early nineties, and he did this movie called Session Nine. I work with Brad Anderson. Oh, really? Yeah, he he's from that, Boston. He did right? That piece he, of crap. He, he's from Boston. Oh, isn't how he? the mighty have fallen! Yeah. I did not know he was that. That yeah, he did Session Nine. He did yeah. thing called uh, Session Nine was actually really interesting because it was one of the first. Um, one of the early feature films that was shot all in video on a, you know. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what, what would you work on? I worked on a movie called The Darien Gap that I was still in film school and I uh, helped out on it and got deferred pay. And then I've seen it on the Sundance channel. I go, oh, so it got distribution. And where's my check for the four weeks I worked on the movie? So, uh um, Don't ever do a deferred pay on a movie. No, you never get paid for deferred <laughs> yeah. pay yeah. on a movie. So. Uh, unless you you worked on um, Blair Witch. That's like the only one. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but but uh, it's a really... You know, he's a, not a bad director. You know, he does interesting things with the camera. Like, he, you know, it was a shot on video as well. But, like, these very small cameras could get... Got some really interesting angles. And, and, and there's... It's, it's taut... As a thriller, and then you got Abigail Breslin, who's a very good actress. Oh, he did Next Stop Wonderland. Next Step Wonderland, yeah, which is a, a really good movie. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, I like that. I, I um, beg to disagree. Um, but uh, it felt like an '80s thriller. You know, it's like uh, uh, what's that guy who did Phone Phone Booth? You know? Um, oh, uh, uh, can you look that up? Yeah, Tob and Runny. Tob and Runny. Tob and yeah. Runny was the... But, you know, it's like... <laughs> foreign it, director. It's like one of those things that, that sells by, you know, on a, a, a log line, you know? Yes. That's why I don't like it. But see, I love those... You know, it's like watching... I would work at a video store and I would go home every night with like a stack of five videotapes and just watch them, you know, just in a loop. Schumacher. Schumacher. But who, who wrote it? Oh, who wrote, oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, let's pull it up here. 
Yeah, it, it, it to me it sounds like uh, a pitch. Like, yeah, yeah. Ima- imagine a woman at a nine one one operator, and she and she's responsible for a girl's death, and, and we're playing it in real time, and she's not going to let it happen again. And when it does, blah, 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 yeah, okay, it just feels obvious. Yeah, it, with, I know, and and it's like every single like coincidence could happen, like. The you know her uh, her boyfriend is the cop on the scene and, oh, <laughs> and like oh, Marty, yeah Marty. I mean it, in that way it was like a, a throwback. To That's those. a movie you you see on a plane and halfway through you're like I'm just gonna beat off in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, Larry Co- Larry 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 um, is, he, is he a member of the tribe? Let's see no uh, yes he is but of course he Jesus, is. This thing's taking forever. Um, um, gee, uh, hey, pinwheel, love this dead air. Yep. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, Larry Cohen is that his name? Larry Cohen. You got yeah. It. So it, it was like a Larry Cohen movie, you know, who basically would do all these like thrillers that were. But it's interesting because in I, I knew Brad when he like his right before Next Stop Wonderland, and he had had a bunch of movies, and he was like the indie darling. And then not Session Nine came out, and then not a lot happened. And I saw his name on a a. Um, Boardwalk Empire, you know, he's mm. a TV director now. Right. And, uh, yeah, like, the, the the age of the indie darling directors is probably <laughs> over. I don't know. It's like he's directing the call. Like, really? My, well, you Michael know, Bay wasn't available? Or? I, it, it was a low-budget film, and, it, you know, it didn't cost a lot to make. Didn't probably didn't take up a lot of time. Somebody no. else wrote it, so why not? I mean, we like to make. Uh, I mean, he's a director. He wants to be making stuff, and thrillers are kind of fun to do. So anyhow, it was an inconsequential film, uh, but uh, Yako has customers right now. So we're gonna talk about he wanting us to talk about dull politics. Yeah, <laughs> cue Marty. Yeah, <clears throat> well, so. There was a report in Salon that said that income growth for the bottom 90% of Americans averaged, guess how much income growth over four decades has, has been for the bottom 90%. What? Like how much? What their number? In- what percentage? Yeah, what am number, I guessing? A dollar. A dollar amount. How dollar much? amount per year? Per mm-hmm. year? Uh, no, over the 40 years. <laughs> I, I don't understand the question. How much? How much? How income. Many, how much income? Adjusted for inflation. Oh, boy. Uh, Hold on. I got to do some adjusting. Okay. Yeah. Bottom ninety percent. Bottom ninety. Yeah. Not us. We are the bottom ninety percent. We are. I am. I'm not. No. Richie Rich. <laughs> uh, how much uh, their in, their income has grown over the past forty years, adjusted for inflation per year? Uh, no, over the whole time. Just a, uh, over forty years. How much has income increased for the bottom ninety percent? It's a really simple probably, question. Still don't know the question. I would say. Okay, let me let me a, just a tell million you. dollars. No, no. So the 30. top ten percent. It's rose. It's risen by one hundred and sixteen thousand dollars. The top ten percent, adjusted for inflation, are earning one hundred and sixteen thousand dollars more a year. A year. Yes, I said per year. You said no. Oh, oh I, thought, I, was you, like, I thought you meant like fifty nine dollars <laughs> every. Or, you know, whatever. Uh, like, anyhow. So I would say thirty thousand, thirty five thousand, fifty nine dollars, fifty nine dollars, fifty nine dollars. Well, no wonder the price is right. They're still <laughs> on yeah. the air. Fuck. So that means that the bottom 90% are Holy earning $59 more. So, you know, basically their earning power is the same, but the, you know, the economy has grown leaps and bounds in that 40 years. The top 10%, has, they've earned, they're earning $120,000 more a year. Uh, it's not trickling down. It's not trickling down. Oh. So trickle down it's does trickling not up. work. Okay. So, so let's stop that. Okay. So how do we stop that? <laughs> what? Well, like, what, yeah. is, what, <laughs> what were you asking? 
I'm asking how do you stop some that? Ding dongs talking about movies and nerd right. stuff. What, what are we supposed <laughs> you, to do? Every week you act like it's a surprise that we're talking about politics and uh, we talk about it every week the first I, day. I never go to the production meetings. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> I thought this is a sports show. Bill's here. He's going to talk about the Cleveland Indians. And, uh, oh, I said Cleveland. Uh, Shit. Oh, uh, drink, drink up. Drink up. Fuck them. <laughs> so like... One of the proposals is to raise minimum wage from seven seventy five to. That's like what minimum wage is. Yeah. So oh, I think it's more in California. It is more in California. It's like nine fifty, I think. Or something yeah, I pay like my maid that much. Um, <laughs> oh wait, I don't pay her. Anything. Okay, so minimum wage is seven twenty five uh, an hour. Yes, but yes, according to Elizabeth Warren, oh, if you adjusted so, for inflation so from the past fifty years, it, it should be twenty two dollars an hour minimum wage. Here's the thing. In Australia, I believe, and please fact check this because nope. I am talking out my ass. <laughs> but I read this every- somewhere. Yeah. They have a uh, a graded uh, minimum wage system mm-hmm. where if you're under eighteen, you make six bucks an hour, and then if you're between twenty and sixty, you make eighteen bucks an hour, and then it dips down again because if you're sixteen, you are not supporting yourself. You you have a part time job. Right. You're gonna you're gonna buy some drugs and maybe a car. But doesn't it make it harder when you're older than to work in a low skilled job? Yeah, but you have you have a pension and you have uh, it's the people in the middle who are supporting themselves on the minimum wage that need it needs to be higher. But companies do need to hire. No, I mean yeah. When I said older, I meant like if you're thirty. Yeah, thirty. It should be. It's a bell but, curve. But if it you're thirty, be. why would a, an employer hire you? For, when they can because you can't hire a sixteen year old for for forty hours a week, right? Okay, um, here you go. I don't know. It, I mean, it's not a perfect system, but I thought. Oh, what? yeah, there it is. What what country? This it's is Australia. Australia. Did I say that? Yes, you did. Did you I just did. not? Oh my! You God. came up with a fact. I thought of something. <laughs> so basically, at twenty years, it's fifteen fifty an hour minimum wage. Under sixteen, it's five eighty seven, and in between there, it's all it's it's There's weird um, numbers. Yeah, it's weird numbers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure that that affects something. Um, you know, that affects. A, a you small shouldn't portion. pay a kid twenty bucks an hour. He has a roof over his head. And but he has- we pay seventy seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour for minimum wage. Yes, and that is a travesty. And here's the reason why that the trickle down doesn't work is because like the. Our companies are now owned, you know, Budweiser is owned by a Belgian, whatever, a European yeah. country, a, a company. So all these global companies own U.S. corporations. So all our profits go overseas. Well, not all of them, but a good portion. Uh, you know, I, I think a third, I, I forget the number, but a, a very significant portion of the Dow Jones is owned by foreign investment. So that means all those profits go overseas. So if you raise minimum wage, you're forcing those profits to stay here. I mean, they're not really profits, but they're costs. Yeah. So you're lowering profits by keeping the costs, and then that money stays in the economy. Uh, it's pretty pretty basic. I don't know. I think the answer is pretty simple. What's that? We need to go to war with Iran yeah. immediately. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> there, there was an article in The Atlantic saying how like Trader Joe's uh, and uh, Quick Trip – I don't know what Quick Trip is, but apparently it's a, a – the convenience store um, chain and Costco, they all have um, their base rate is much higher than than minimum wage. I think, um, and also uh, uh, In and Out. You know, they I think it's like ten something an hour at Costco, and I think um, it's fourteen at uh, Trader Joe's. Yeah. But basically, and all these all those companies are hugely po- uh, hugely profitable. Yeah, and because they have 
they have better incentives for to get better workers, and they have better training, and they have better uh, employee employee loyalty. So you know it, it can be done. Question is, should a government mandate that? You know, by saying you have to pay that much. Well, the market would not uh, would pay whatever it would would bear. It would you know if you could pay a guy two cents an hour and he would take it, then yeah, there needs to be some intervention and you you are right there are if profits we, we're becoming china we're just workers here and the money is going over to belgium <laughs> or the top 10 percent yeah two percent uh, i'm sorry i interrupted you we were oh no no uh I, I was gonna bring your attention to the screen i was just trying to show you that no but there was actually there was a story uh that i had read or I didn't read the whole story, so yeah, this is that's, great that's, reporting. No, this, this is perfect for the show, yeah. and that's how we do. We yeah. read headlines. <laughs> and I saw where someone, uh, I think a senator, had proposed $22 an hour. Yeah, no, the, that's with Elizabeth that Warren. What, okay, yeah, 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 that was her. Okay, so... That, you you that heard was, that on a podcast. I heard that on a podcast <laughs> This is a fucking somewhere. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Not a fan, but... <laughs> five minutes ago? Uh, just started uh, listening and tuning in live. <laughs> literally just started. Um are we in a delay for him? Is he it okay? Is, it is. Are you having a stroke? I'm having it. Yeah, okay. grandma stroke. Do you smell a I burning smell toast? A grandma, a grandma stroke. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that would. I, I don't know. My my thought on that was that yeah, it would probably. I, I feel like it would disrupt the the uh, economic balance of things if you start handing out way more money, <laughs> you know, in uh, wages, then everything else is going to go up. Doesn't that drive up? Uh, prices? Prices. Uh, not necessarily. No. No. Like, uh, like they were saying, like, the health care costs, uh, like, uh, the Papa John's guy was complaining about it, but it would cost, you know, like, either, like, a nickel a pizza or 11 cents a pizza more. Ah. A, so, it's like, it does, but also, it increases the wealth of those people. Yeah. So, they have more money to spend. Yeah. So, if prices go up a little, that's okay because they'll have more money to spend. So, if they go up, uh, say, that pizza thing was maybe 10%, uh, is that right? No, 1% more. Yeah. These workers are making 30% more. So, to pay 1% more, they have 30% more earning uh, spending power. Yeah. So, that's okay. Yeah, that's uh, more disposable cash. Yeah. And then and it helps the economy. Uh, so, by the way, we got some tweets about people doing... At work, Lou is in front of a dual look at screen. Look at that very Batman, wide screen. Batman She's got, fucking monitor. Yeah, you can look there. on Twitter if you want to see her thing. Uh, oops. That hey now. Hello. <laughs> um, and then uh, let's see. Who? Um, Yako's in the store. Jeff is staring. Yako, at Yako, are you back? Monitor. Can we stop talking about politics? Nope. Nope. I no. got more. Oh. I got more. Uh, and then uh, Darren Husted. He was saying that. He reminded us that the call was funded by the WWE. They had, they do have a big film arm. They're they're starting to make uh, movies and wrestlers. Really? Yeah, yeah. Been? World. It's now worldwide entertainment. Uh, you know, um, I think that's what it stands for. But yeah, yes. Everybody's making movies these Why days. Why not? Why not? That's a big wrestling movie. There's yeah. a lot of wrestlers in it. Yeah. But let me ask you this. Uh, now, from what it appears in the trailer, mm. she takes the call mm-hmm. and then she. Leaves the office and investigates the crime. I mean, what fucking nine one one? See, that's why it's an, like an old eighties movie. So it's like, otherwise, she's just it, it's uh, what's the taking of Pelham one? It's basically like the taking of Pelham one two three. Okay, you know, which yeah. is where it's just Walter Matthau in his 
in his little Halle train. Barry is Walter Matthau. Yeah, <laughs> that. But they're, they're, like he's in his he's in his little control center trying to track down this crime, yeah. and she's doing the same thing. And then, but then there has to be some sort of way to get the two, you know, the villain and the hero at each other. At each other, yeah. and then. And they, they just shoehorn it in. It doesn't make any sense. Well, they're like in line at Starbucks. Hey, you're the fucking guy. <laughs> well, that's kind of what Matha oh, does. Because yeah. uh, the ending of the Taken Pell 1, 2, 3 is one of the best. Yeah. Martin Ball. What does she make an hour? What's the hourly wage of a 911 operator? Uh, Minimum? I th- yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's, <laughs> a, really that's, inco- really, that's a good question. question. Yeah. Wow, look at question. me. Um, I can't believe you saw. Of all the movies that are out there, you would go see that Pat Hollywood I know. Uh, you are in a shame spiral. Uh, Not enough mentalists? Uh, well, I, I you, ran out. You I ran, ran out more. You, you went, over to yeah. the, went over to Sony and go, can you guys write some more quick? Can I just read them? <laughs> oh, I got to know what happened. No, I just go to fan fiction. No, oh, my, fan I'm fiction. writing a fan fiction novel. <laughs> the mentalist. Well, this is crazy, too, because oh. last night I watched Jack Reacher. Oh, no. Because I wanted to see what, <laughs> like, you know, what a... I just was curious, and it is like an episode of The Mentalist. It's like, oh, no, like no. basically, Tom Cruise plays this like investigator who's got these like superhuman powers. You know, that's that's the thing. Like, that's what House is. That's what Lie to Me is. That's what The Mentalist is. It's all just like superheroes. You know, yeah. like, and he's this he's this badass, and he's like all cool and collected, and nothing riles him. And uh, and then he has these amazing, amazing investigative abilities. I'm know? coming up with one because uh, the girlfriend Lance Mountain, she um, has the most unbelievable sense of smell. Like I ate fast food when she was out of town in my car, and a week later I picked her up, and she said, "You ate fast food." Like this, the the, the fried really? French fry molecules were still floating around there. <laughs> so I want to do a, a show called The Sniffer, and they they bring her to the crime scene, and she goes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the person was murdered with an ice. Be- like she, she, <laughs> right, she right, right. smell every. Right. And then of I course, can smell sweet, the varnish on the handle weeks, of the. She ice gets a sinus infection and she's like in bed. Like I can't smell anything. <laughs> you got to fight through it. She's addicted to Afrin or nasal spray. That's seriously. If I went over to NBC right now, they'd be like, mm, "Let's, we'll get right back to you." The sniffer, huh? She, who's uh, who's her chief of police? Uh, uh, <laughs> here we, here we go. It? The uh, Sopranos, Tony Soprano. <laughs> 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 Sniffer, <laughs> you can't fucking bring no one. Can, no one in the police can smell, but they got to get the sniffer out there. <laughs> and then she, you know, the one arc she's a terrible coke problem. I mean, it's you know, there's a, there's a lot there, but we haven't seen someone who can smell smell. Oh, there she is. There's there Ellie Berry. Yeah, the worst haircut ever. Oh, By the way, yeah, wow. track us on the the. Oh, how the mighty sermon, have fallen, um, in the sin bin. Uh, so Darren says that. Uh, the minimum wage in the UK for those over twenty-one is nine thirty-seven. American money or in UK American money? money, six nineteen in pounds and pence. Sound as a pound, mate. <laughs> do your do your um, no, uh, Jason no, Jason. No, 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 I'm not going to. You know what I mean. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, and then Michael in Germany was says that you you go to college or you you're in an apprenticeship at a company. With a chance to get hired, they they take socialists their, get them off. They take their ban apprenticeships him. ban him from really Twitter. hardcore. <laughs> Fucking socialists! This is I know, America. I know. We're here to exploit the worker. 
Uh, <laughs> get out of my way. It's terrible. Get off the fucking freeways. I'm trying to do a podcast. Got to get so across town. Jack Reacher did not do well in the box office. You know, it did. Yes. It did fine, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Tom's done. Well, here's my question. Do movie stars matter? So Ty Burr is a, a film critic for the Boston Globe. He has an, uh, a new book out about stardom. And he talks about how, like, in the early silent era, they didn't have any actors build. And yes, and because studios didn't want to have to to create stars because then they would have to pay them more. Yeah. And also actors were sort of uh, they did the films as sort of just to make money. But their real acting was on the stage and they didn't want to be associated with with uh, acting in movies. But then fans want to know who these people were. So then uh, uh, Carl Lemley, who started Universal Studios, he. He created the first movie star. I forget her name, but uh, and then those became the box office draws, and stardom was born. Or, or so do movie stars matter now? Like you have Bruce Willis go. He did Fire with Fire. Have you heard of it? No, it's a movie that came out last year. It went straight to video. Love wow. it. Love it. One of the you know one of the biggest movie stars out there right now, and he's doing straight to video straight stuff. Straight to video stuff. Uh, Sylvester Stallone crashes and burns with bullet to the head, uh, and then um, yeah. well, those are old movie stars. You you put uh, Robert Pattinson and just him taking a shit for two hours. But and, he was in a movie last year uh, with yeah. the the David, a, the Cronenberg. Yeah, film. but a Cronenberg movie. Is well, he's like, been in a whole string of of starring roles outside of twilight that have not been significant. all right i'm going to negate my own point there yeah i think i think it's it's now um source material like like yeah. i finally saw the final twilight which was horrible whatever breaking dawn okay then don't give me shit about seeing the call okay <laughs> on video at home and i made fun of it and i ate dinner i didn't i didn't i didn't go to the theater and sit alone uh, but it's it is a terrible movie, and there, no one is going to see those stars. They're going to see the source material, the book, right? Yeah. And and that's one point that Ty Burr was making that like people now want to see franchises. They want to see things that are familiar to them. They want to see the Avengers. They want to see uh, the Batman. They want to see Twilight, you know, or Harry Potter. Yeah. Yes. Uh, or, or they want to see spectacle, you know, uh, Battleship. Battleship. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was good. Uh, <laughs> Another one where Rihanna, uh, listen, I can suspend my belief, but you can't work the fucking uh, instrument panel and then go down and get on the, the away boat that goes out and fights. You know, in the military, trust me, you have a job, you do yeah. that job. She was so bad in that movie, I wanted to climb into the screen and hit her myself. Yes, with an umbrella. Yeah, I, 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 I'm now a Chris. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's I'm, a good one. Very good. I'm a Chris I, Brown fan I won't now. Even give She's myself fucking one. awful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you mean like a, a, a traditional movie star can't just open a movie? Like, doesn't matter what it is. Well, I think the internet has something to do with it. And, and by the way, tweet in if you have thoughts about this. But I, I feel like uh, stardom now is your presence on the internet and it yeah, doesn't necessarily that's all it, is. it doesn't yeah because if you want to see like think about Jennifer Aniston like what has she done for the past 10 years yeah and yet like if you go to all the celebrity sites she's there constantly so she's some sort of celebrity the kardashians are celebrities yeah. uh, uh you know taylor what's her name swift swift, swift. She produces um, records, sure, but but she's more famous for being uh, the girl that dumps dudes. Yeah, or Miley Cyrus yeah. being, you know, the you know, a party girl. smoking weirdo. Yeah, 
So I think that people get their celebrity <laughs> fix online, but then they go to movies to see something. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but we're, it's pretty much what happens every time I open my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and we've hit another brick wall. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it, it is interesting because when you try and make a movie still, they just want names. And I'm trying to actually, apropos of something, I'm trying to do something with the WWE, and I want to do a found footage movie about a Greenpeace group that uh, goes to like a Deepwater Thunder or whatever it was called, the B BP rig and blah, 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 big C monster. Copyright Stephen Root. Yeah, please don't yes. don't write this movie and don't steal it. But um, it's found footage. It's, you know, a, a documentary about Greenpeace group. And I, uh, you can't use stars in a found footage. It just doesn't look no, right. It doesn't look right. When right. Bruce Willis is right. on, on shaky cam video and <laughs> talking to camera. And, and that to me... It, it, Which is why Tobey Maguire got... Recast in in not exactly why, but, but Life of Pi was found footage. No, no, no. Oh. But he, he he Ang Lee said that he was too recognizable. And he, yeah, and but I, I like the found footage movies because they you see new people. You have to have unknown actors in it. Yeah. Unfortunately, they never go on to do anything else. Yeah, I met the guy from uh, uh, Blair Witch, and I'm like, "What have you been up to?" He's like, "Oh boy, a lot of well, Blair Witch." Uh, one of cruises. those one of the guy those guys works all the time. Um, yeah, it's the one that doesn't. And then Amanda Donahoe, <laughs> she moved up north to yeah. start a pot farm. She got fat. And <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't get fat. This is no, no, no. She didn't. She went there and got fat. She stayed skinny when she was. Oh, down she here. got fat. But I like that. I like that there are no stars in it. And then you talk to money people and they go, mm, "Could we get Jason Priestley in this?" And you go, "Wait, what? what? Who? Yeah." But <laughs> well, I, w I have to say that foreign. The foreign market is much different. It, it is more star-driven. So, yeah. uh, Van Damme still is. There is a movie filming right now with Van Damme oh, that yeah. will only be seen in Papua New Guinea and uh, one of the Kazakhstan's or the. Stand. Well, they like they did the Universal Soldier, like a, a new sequel <laughs> yeah, of that. That's right. And it, it's done very well. Yeah. Like, but even that market is shrinking. Like the guys that that make a, a mint off of schlocky B movies with Eric Roberts in one scene. Yeah. <laughs> it says Eric Roberts over the title. <laughs> Those got, yeah, are even they're making billing. It's all getting squeezed. Well but it's interesting, like they were saying that the the a bunch of reviewers were saying that like they realized watching Die Hard Five that it wasn't really meant for the American market. And it was yeah. you know, it takes place in Russia and there's, you know, it's not, it's all just action. And it was really made for the foreign market. Yeah. And so. Well, it's not even relevant. Do we even care about Russia anymore? I mean, what was mm -hmm. that? Wasn't that 1985? I mean. Right. We're past that now. That's a, that's a burgeoning market, as is China, because uh, Django Unchained just opened in China. That is a big uh, opening market, because. 20 years? No, it did. I just read about oh, it. Oh, you know, like, no, I was just thinking. Did I pronounce I, that wrong? No, when I was in, the, 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 you don't pronounce a D. Did I say <laughs> Django and Tang? <laughs> DJ Ango? <It's>, yeah. <laughs> Dango, you don't pronounce the J? It's Django, it's and, Django and Chain. And Chain. <laughs> uh, no, I was just thinking when I went to China when I was 12, the first thing I did when I, like, I turned on the TV and they were showing Mandingo, yeah. which is hilarious because <laughs> yeah. it's like basically it's this this exploitation film yes. full of like white men raping black women and you know whipping and it's and that is the sort of propaganda they were showing in 1982 it's all over yeah, now I remember that they want big action movies they want stars yeah no and they've got money <laughs> darren darren says i like that in a film with rihanna and alien death machines dj james has the problem with rihanna absolutely the death machines i believe 
That I can believe. Her leaving her station to go uh, jump in the lifeboat? Yeah, no. Um, are there any movie stars whose movies you'll see just based on them? Like if they're above the title? Hmm. Um, I, no. Dead the, air. In Dead the air. 80s, uh, Olivia Newton-John. But only because I had a boner. <laughs> Xanadu. For her. Yeah, Xanadu, absolutely. How many <laughs> I just times watched you see that. Yep. No, I, I, it's the content of the film. It's not right. not who's in it. But yeah. there are certain stars that I go, oh, nope, that's a pass because I see. Like who? Um, Robert De Niro? No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> who? Uh, uh, yeah, there's certain. Like Gerard Butler is a guy who's, you know, he's a fine. He's just a. a he's a. I have no problems with him as an actor, but I just I'm I can't he's the guy because he was in a movie with Jennifer Aniston, whatever the it was again one of those you can hear the, the pitch. bounty hunter. He's a bounty thing. hunter, and she's, she's a, a reporter, and yeah. he's got to bring her back, and they're divorced, and blah blah blah. It's right. just it's like Midnight Run, but with Jennifer Aniston's hair, and uh, he's not a bad guy, but he it's definitely one of those movies where you realize oh everybody else passed. You know, they they went to Tom Cruise. You know, they have these like lists, and they go to all these people, and they here read the script. And it's Jennifer right. Aniston. So Jennifer Aniston, she's at the top of the list. But Gerard Butler, you know, they went no. Uh, ben Affleck pass. You know, Damon pass. All right, Gerard Butler's in town, and he's got three weeks. Yeah, he'll film it. So it's 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 not that I don't like them, but I go Gerard Butler. Like no one sets out to make a movie with Gerard Butler. You it's like Steven Dorf, who my friend is going through this with his movie. Um supposed to have Casey Affleck in it and that fell Casey apart. Casey Affleck. And then uh don't do that. <laughs> and then Steven Dorf and I went what has Steven Dorf ever done? I mean like in the past 20 years. He's just one of those omnipresent Hollywood dudes. He's a nice guy. I have but, to get like I think he's a fine actor and and but I I have to assume that there's something wrong with working with him. There is. Oh no, I know somebody. I tell a long, long rambling story about a movie called um, I think it was called Entropy, but it was with him. It was about this director Phil Juano, and he directed a movie about himself and wanted Gary Oldman when I worked for him, <laughs> and he ended up with Stephen Dorff. Like if Gary Oldman was in the movie, I'd be like, oh, that's interesting playing a movie director, and you two are in it as themselves, and you end up with Stephen Dorff, and you're like. Yeah, that's that's like one a.m. at the club, and every all the chicks have left, and there's this and chick it, with a mustache it and is, pantyhose, and you're like, well, she's pretty cute. It is really hard though, because it's so hard to get a movie made, and like, and you you're scrambling for financing, and then you know your star falls out, and then you're like, okay, is there any actor who who's alive? Yeah, who's alive? Stephen like, Dorff. Who's on the list that will secure our financing? Yes. Okay, fine, fine. Stephen Dorff, whatever. Yes. You don't set out to make a Stephen Dorff movie. You go, <laughs> fuck, Damon fell out. Uh, just, and he's one of the, because I've seen him out. He is out every night. He's I've seen just, him at parties. He's He works it. So you go, oh, yeah, you're still alive. What have you been up to since Blade? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's even worse is when the when the uh, producer says, uh, all right, fuck it. He's out. Uh, get me Dorff. And then they bring in uh, Tim uh, Conway oh, <laughs> on his uh, knees. Comedy okay. jail. Comedy jail. Yeah. You're, you're back in, in you're there. In there. So, um, fuck Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, that's the new one. That's the new one. But I, like, I feel like Jack Reacher would have been better with uh, Stephen Dorff. With Stephen Dorff, <laughs> straight because to video. It, because a third of the budget. Like Tom Cruise is 
so smug, smug and cocky. When you see him trying to be gritty, you're just like, hey, it's a, it's Tom Cruise trying to be gritty. I don't buy him as gritty. I don't buy him at all. Yeah. and <laughs> I don't buy him, period. Uh, you can. Just go on Santa Monica Boulevard. Oh, no. You know what? I read that book, uh, Going Clear, about mm-hmm. uh, the Scientology and about Hollywood, and I am convinced that Mr. Cruise is just asexual. I think that's even worse than, I think he's, than him liking men. I think he's like a, not a narcissist, but well, it's kind of, you know, I think he's, oh yeah, he's, but, he's so focused on himself as a product yes. and that like sex probably doesn't come into that. Well, he was going to be a monk before he came to Hollywood. Like he a wanted priest, I thought. No, it said a monk. A monk. Like okay. he was like, I'm going to be a monk and I, he doesn't, I don't think he likes anybody but himself. Uh, ah, come on. This weekend I went to the, the racetracks. And uh, uh, it's so, it's kind of depressing, a little depressing. Which one? Hollywood Park? No, no, Santa Anita. Santa Anita. That's a little nicer. Yeah. It's but, less Bukowski-esque over there. Yeah. Uh, I went with a, one of the guys there was a, uh, Guillermo Navarro's gaffer. And Guillermo, Guillermo Navarro is the, uh, Guillermo del Toro's DP. And he was talking Because he only hires people named Guillermo? Guillermo, yeah. So my friend Guillermo, he, he was... <laughs> no, <laughs> Uh, but he was talking about Pacific Rim and basically how it came about, and uh, it's pretty interesting because he, he, I asked him, I was like, oh, I'm so excited to see it, and he's like, yeah, it's not really what I, the sort of, you know, Guillermo del Toro film I want to be part of, like, you know, because it's, ba- he said basically it's, it's Transformers, um, you know, I somebody at Fox I know saw it and said. Uh, your demo will love it. Like she, she, you know, she's a young executive at Fox, and she, you know, it's her first. Like, all right, come to the, all the execs, go and screen it. And she didn't, you know, she didn't know what to say because she's a a woman, and it's probably doesn't is not familiar with the source material. Mm-hmm. And turned to her bosses and said, "It's going to do great in the demo," which right. means boys from fourteen to twenty five or right. whatever. So, and that's basically like as much as Guillermo del Toro is a great director. There's also like a, a fanboy in him, and we, oh yeah, and we see it in Blade and Blade Two, which are not my favorite of his films. Um, yeah. He's good. Uh, or he did Blade Two, right? Is that with Steven Dorff? I think so. Oh god, uh, he's worked with the Dorff. The that, every he's like the new Kevin Bacon. But it's funny because that that chick, her, I know her dad, who's an old producer, worked at MGM, was big exact, produced a bunch of movies, and he's he he is my Yoda. He has taught me the things to say in those moments in LA and he produced a movie years and years ago with Mel Brooks called Life Stinks mm-hmm. later la- later Mel Brooks not yeah, the good yeah. Mel Brooks yeah mid 80s yeah, I remember Life Stinks it's fucking horrible it is a terrible <laughs> unfunny pile of poo yeah. and so you go to these screenings with Mel Brooks and you sit there and you watch the movie and of course, Mel Brooks will turn to you and say, "Well, what'd you think?" Oh, and that was ninety-one. Jesus. Yeah, this guy's—he's the guy's like in his sixties, and he came up with this great line that I have always repeated. But he looked at Mel Brooks and he said, "It's all up there on the screen," and then just walked away. And I thought, <laughs> "Oh, that's because I've been to a lot of. I'm going to some very soon some screenings of movies. I'm like, these are going to stink." Yeah, and you meet like, "So what'd you think?" And I'm like. Yeah, it was all up there on the screen, and then you just there you go. Yeah, it was. It was definitely <laughs> loved the love. Yeah, just my idea on the screen. But yeah, that's. Uh... But I think Pacific Rim will be fine. But basically, he was saying that um, Guillermo del Toro he uh, he dropped out of the, like he spent three years working on the Hobbit. Yeah, and and apparently he like, should have spent four. 
No, but apparently, like, you know, he and uh, Peter Jackson just had different visions. And, you know, I think Peter Jackson had trouble giving up directorial control over a franchise that he yeah. feels near and dear to, mm. uh, which is fair enough, but he shouldn't have brought on Guillermo del, del Toro. He should have brought on just a, a journeyman, you a know, journey. Marty, yeah, U. Yeah. A Marty U. A Marty U. A yeah. Marty U. You got to direct that. Out in my sleep. Just point the camera at the orcs. Yes. And where, where's Marty? He's at the craft service table. He's, he's searing some beef. <laughs> right. This is going to be really good. I'm going to put a uh, pomegranate reduction sauce on it. Where's the director? Oh, I'm smoking something. It's uh, We're going to have smoked chicken salad. It's going to be so good. Mar- Marty hangs with the craft service lady all day long. Yeah. What are you making next? Ooh, you know but, what? Little, little, a little uh, cypress sea salt would really bring out the notes of that uh, chocolate chip yeah, cookie. Fuck that floor to sell. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, and Fuck he that had floor an- to sell. That is the most hip hop thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> but Fuck that floor to sell. Uh, Del Toro had another project that he wanted to do, and then he couldn't get the funding for that. He and- was going to direct the call, right? Uh, and he basically <laughs> he just needed to direct the movie, and the studio had this thing, and he just jumped in and, and did it. So it's it's we were talking about like how stars direct or end up, you know, diminishing a movie, and this is a. You know, one of those things of like, how, like, why is he doing this this big epic douchey movie? And uh, he just needed to direct a movie. And uh, but I don't think that's going to diminish the art of it because I think he took it because he found something good in it. Yeah. But it it probably wasn't his first choice of ways to spend you know in the past two years. Yeah. But no, I'm still I'm totally looking forward to seeing the the movie. I need a spectacle. I've been trying to go to a movie and everything just. Uh... I need something to blow my mind, visually, something huge. Salvia. Well, yeah, that I will smoke a little bit of that in the parking lot. But <laughs> you know, I wanted to go see Spring Breakers, and then uh, nah. did you see it? No, I oh. just like uh, I'll just see it late. Like it's yeah, I'm uh, yeah, yeah. Is this gonna do it? Well, do I... also seeing that by myself just seems creepy. Yes, yeah, just silently masturbating in the back of the <laughs> no, no matter theater. what I do, if I, I'm with, with a homemade aioli, of course. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> It's no like, lubriderm for you. Just want that, that emulsion. <laughs> Hold on, everyone. I'm going to use the, the, the immersion blender to make my uh, no, make my fucking mayonnaise slash Jack juice. Well, we've, you've got Star Trek coming up. Star Trek. Oh God, it's going to be so amazing. Now, did Star did Trekkers get uh, angry that that J.J. Abrams is going to do Star Wars? Uh I mean, that must I've, I've heard mixed reactions from people I've talked to. Purists, of course, are are fucking languishing right now. They're they are anguished by this. Um, are you a Tracker Wars? I, you know what? I, I'm I'm one of those that straddles the line. I liked them both. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I loved the original series. I even liked uh, Next Generation. I tolerated Deep Space Nine, and then after that, yeah, I, that, that's pretty much what I did. <laughs> But Star Wars, I've been who has, who wasn't a Star Wars fan in our generation? You right, know what I mean, right. I, I, and yeah, I don't think it's apples and oranges. But I guess yeah. it's like for some fans, it's like, what am I going to com- like use my disposable income and you know weekends on Star Wars or Star yeah. Trek? Somebody yeah. on the interwebs, you can see it on YouTube, has taken. There are six Star Wars movies, correct? Yeah, yes. one, two, three, four, five, six. They have taken all six. And did a six split on the screen, and they run them all simultaneously. 
Like lit, like literally, you're watching all six, and I watched about ten minutes of it. That my head exploded. I know that. that I want, but I, I challenge someone to watch. I would have a grandma seizure. (laughs) But it it all starts with you know, the the Star Wars is this great beginning with with the the graphic and then the the music, Mm -hmm. and it's like off just ever so slightly. Like there, one note is a little flat. I don't know why. And you're so you're like, wait, this is this is. Like it's it starts to fuck with you from second one, uh, and then you're you're watching all six fucking movies. Yeah, no, I'd rather play uh, Try it, the though. Wizard of Oz with uh, Pink Floyd. The Wall. This is right. better. This is like take five hundred milligrams of Adderall and just like, go. I'm going to watch them all. It, it's like that movie Time Code from like ten years ago. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Right. It's just but you're watching all of them at the same time. I don't know the impetus for this uh, experiment, but whoever did it is a is a hero. But you only got through ten minutes. It's you're watching six movies at one, all the audio and everything. You're watching six movies, and you're just your eyes are bouncing around. Like, oh God, Jar Jar Binks is coming down there. And How did they oh wait, s- there's the Wookies, and the, the, there's the they're on. There's Yoda. I mean, it's just like it's insane. That's wow. pretty awesome. It's, it's the power of the. I'm sure they will be shut down immediately because that's uh, that's I think a copyright <laughs> violation. I'm not a lawyer, but I don't know if you could take all six movies. Uh, Oy vey. Yeah. So, if you had to choose between J.J. Abrams or Joss Whedon, to fuck, to fuck, yeah. Oh, Abrams, he's adorable. Yeah, he's like a little Jewy cut uh, teddy bear. All right. Josh Whedon is bald and looks. He looks. He definitely looks like a serial killer. All right. What uh, about? I, I have a, an affinity for J.J. Abrams only because uh, I went to uh, what was it? What's uh, Jimmy? Uh, who tapes on Hollywood? Jimmy Kimmel, right? Uh, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel went to the Jimmy Kimmel show when he was on uh, as a guest and uh, it was right before the release of Super 8 and he asked you know of course he asked the crowd hey how many of you are going to see Super 8 and of course we're all supposed to the guy waves the fucking towel you know the warm up guy we're all supposed to go yeah we're all going to see it Uh, and he goes well how about right now we're like huh and he took all of us over to the uh, I believe it was the Arclight and uh we had two buses waiting That's outside. That's right, I heard about that. Bust us all over there. I was in that group. And, oh, how uh, fun. And we went to see uh, Super 8. So. I, you know, he's a guy who, I mean, both he and Joss Whedon just have an appreciation for fans, yeah. which yeah. I think is is, yeah. is good. Yeah. Uh, I thought the, the question was, who would you sleep with? Yeah. No. Oh, it was, oh like, who do I like better? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's J.J. Abrams. Yeah. yeah. Josh Whedon also wrote the uh, the fourth Alien movie, the, the French one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. With, when, was Winona Ryder? Winona Ryder is yeah. a robot. It is, uh, it is not good. Yeah. It is the, the, the low point of the franchise. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's funny. He was interviewed, J.J. Uh, Abrams was interviewed on Jeff Garland's podcast and I recommend people listening to that. Yeah. It's it's a great interview. But he he was saying that he it's funny, like he's like, yeah, Super Eight had its problems or they like there are things that have that worked and things that didn't work. And I thought that was really interesting that he could have that reflection. Because it is yeah. a it I love like the first half of it and then the second half I have huge problems with. Yeah. But I mean I enjoyed the movie. But um but I thought that was pretty insight you know, that shows some humility that I think makes him that's probably why he's such a good storyteller. Yeah, and endears him to, to the audience. Well that's why podcasts rule because he's not gonna say that on Kimmel. He's, he's right because he's got studio he, publicists like yeah, going, in the wings going. Why the here fuck are the did talking points? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like I want. I want to hear. I, I, I want to hear. Like, yeah, it didn't quite work, and why didn't he think it worked? And um, yeah, it's. I, 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 we're we're in a golden age here. I love it. 
Yeah, keep, no, it is keep great. listening to podcasts. Yeah, and don't watch, especially TV. ours. Yeah, tell your yeah. friends, tell everyone. Um, but so, if, do you like Joss Whedon at all? Yeah, I do. But I, 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 over the summer, I went through all the Alien movies from the beginning to the. Uh, I guess that's the fourth one, the one where Ron Perlman is in it, and uh, <laughs> you didn't do any of the AVPs. Those aren't no. That's <laughs> AVP. I was like, what porn thing is ass <laughs> vagina? No, that's ATM. Um, oh, Bill's not here. I'd have to explain to yeah, him yeah, what a- okay. ass to mouth means. He, he's, and then he would. Uh, it's not my thing. No, <laughs> hold on. I, I need to dip my quill in a pen and write write, write on parchment how much I dislike. <laughs> You'll be hearing from my pigeon shortly. So, what were you saying? It, and that one is uh, an atrocious movie. It is so bad. And uh, yeah, he he wrote it, and it's. He's he's not infallible. Well, neither is Fincher, right? Did Fincher direct that one? No, it's one after Fincher. Oh, Though that oh, one is. Oh no, oh, that, oh my that God. was the the delicatessen uh, director. Yes, like that some, team. Some, there's a bunch of French people in yeah. it, and Ron Perlman and Winona Ryder is the robot, and robot. it is uh, ridiculous. <laughs> it's it was the one where they tried to let's lighten it up and let's let's have some jokes and quips, and they are not jokes and. Alien needs to not have a like a light. Let's lighten it up. Like no, it's a thing that fucking sticks a, th- a its baby down your throat and bursts out of your chest. Yeah. I, I don't need jokes. Right. I, I, yeah. That's that's well. That's rough. the thing. You know, J.J. Abrams can't resist being cute. You know. Also, J.J. Yeah. Abrams wrote. Uh, I mean, I mean, regarding sorry, Joss Henry. Whedon. Joss Whedon can't help but being cute. You know? He wrote regarding Henry. J.J. Uh, Abrams yeah. did. Yeah, and it's funny. Like he did no. He did no research on like Good. whether that would happen. Doesn't matter. <laughs> And you research know, is for losers. Yeah, make it up. So, I thought his Star Trek was. I'm not a Star Trek fan, and I thought JJ Abrams' Star Trek was was pretty damn good. So, so Michael in Germany says JJ Abrams' Star Trek movies are awesome, sci-fi movies, but but they're not Star Trek. But I don't know. I think I don't that, know what that means. Well, he's saying that they 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 don't fall in the sort of Gene Roddenberry aesthetic of a Star Trek movie. A lot of talking and a lot of bad talking. Acting. Yeah, yeah. So in that, it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Right. no, I think it. I think I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, it's funny because I a friend of mine years ago was Shatner's assistant. Oh, geez. and I met him, and you know, he's. I was like the access that I have to a, a sci-fi icon, and all I could talk about was T.J. Hooker because I've never watched. <laughs> I've never watched a Star Trek like the the TV show. Never, I think ever? I've seen yes, nev- you, you never have. ever. Yes, you have. I. I I'm not making. Oh yeah, this is a bit for fucking the podcast. No, I've never watched one. I'm a Star Wars Star Wars baby. That was. Yeah. Although I will say, I saw Star Wars. I think it was the very first movie I saw. My parents took me. I remember seeing it and where I saw it. And then a couple of years later, I went alone. I, mean, I think the only time I saw a movie alone, I saw Flash Gordon. Uh, and I remember um, reporting um, back um, to my um, mom um, saying Flash. it was better than oh. Star Wars. Yeah. And I. I take that back now. I don't, of do course. not. I do not. But as a, you know, I mean, I was a huge Buck Rogers in the 25th century yes. fan. Tw- 25th, 24th. It was the 25th, 25th? century. Okay, I'm gonna do some research. Right, Twicky. But this, the, right. yeah, baby. But it's the kids <laughs> now who who are seeing the uh, Phantom Menace, and they love them. They don't know that mm-hmm. they're these. Those movies are horrible, but they don't. So I I, I give them a little credit because I did declare to my mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, Star Wars, okay, but Flash Gordon, the effects were amazing, and they, no, they're not. That's a terrible, terrible, yeah. awful, stupid. Uh, it's I love it. It's a it's campy, but I thought I said 
She said, did you like it? I said, yeah. Was it better than Star Wars? Oh, yeah. It was amazing. No. It's fucking <laughs> stupid. I remember it was one Wednesday night watching NBC TV with my dad. And like we're watching the A-Team. And I looked over to him and I said, this is really good, right? And he was just like, mm-hmm. Sure. And it was like, and I was nice. like so loving the show. Yeah. And I, you know, he was so. You kind don't know at that age. You, you don't, don't know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the kids that love Jar Jar Binks and they love the Phantom Menace and that that horrible kid who can't act. They, they oh, don't. Know, they poor don't Jake know Lloyd. Oh, he's out of the business. He got fat. <laughs> <laughs> he got fat because of people like you. <laughs> don't be in movies. Don't be in the first Star Wars if you can't fucking act. But that's not on him. That's on fucking Lucas for I, casting. Who him. cannot write or direct. He's a very lucky man. Jesus. He's basically a functioning mental, uh, mentally challenged adult. No. Cannot, he cannot direct. No. He... I read the second draft of Star Wars, like a very, very early, early draft. It, it has nothing to do with the movie you saw. There was definitely like a... Okay, George, we're going to have you come in and we're going to have a bunch. There, there was a lot of hands in there to make it uh, the movie that it was. This mm-hmm. was, this was not, not, a, not a good script. Um, what did you guys think of the, the homage, since before we get off the topic, uh, of, uh, to Flash Gordon and Ted? Did you guys see that? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> right. Wait, what was the, the homage in it? Uh, they loved Ted. Flash and was and then it. they meet the guy, the whatever. Oh, the Sam guy. Jones. Sam yeah, Jones. that's right. Sam Jones. That's right. Oh, that was great. He goes fucking ape shit with him. <laughs> good, good for Sam Jones getting yeah. some work out of I know, right? He's probably in some movies in, in Belgium. And, uh, good yeah. for him. Hey, <laughs> got to pay the bills. Got to pay the bills. But uh, Get that... me Dolph Lundgren. He's not available. Sam Jones! There it is. He's the Stephen Dorff of <laughs> low, <laughs> low budget At first, movies. I thought that that movie was only resonant to me because of the soundtrack. It, it's like such a... I don't know. Which if it, movie? Ted? No, uh, Flash Gordon. Oh, it's a great soundtrack. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, well, that's Queen. why I liked it, because Star Wars, I'm like, oh, it's got all this classical music. This has Queen. This has Queen. And yeah. that guy yeah. gets fucking pussy, because he's in a rock band, and he's amazing. I had no idea. You had no idea, He yeah. is just choking on cock he every was getting night. man pussy, yeah. <laughs> and uh, good, good for him, though. The, in the finale, when they're like, that football scene, where they're like, oh, oh, go, no. Flash, go! <laughs> What's her name? So shocking. <laughs> it is shockingly so, terrible. It is so bad. <laughs> but, but, but Hawkman was on... Uh, Buck Rogers, right? uh, yeah, Hawkman. They, they had a grumpy but, guy, basically but, like like uh, the Eagle on the Muppets, like a real grumpy. Hog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> Timothy, Timothy Dalton was in the. He was the the. the, the bow but they had hawk guy, dudes the tree guy. in uh, tree. But they had flying guys in. Uh, Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers. No, no, the other one. Flash Gordon. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There was the sort of Falstaff guy with the the wings. So on. they saw that movie. All right, give me give me some guy with some guy's got to fly, but he never flew. He just wore like that that. On right. Buck Rogers. He well, because they didn't have the budget for yeah, it. Like, oh, yeah. I'm not doing any wire work. Give him a feather cap. Yeah. Every, I'm sure every year he was like, "Can I? Fl- maybe I could fly this up." Like, no, nah, no, nah, yeah. no. Nah, this not one's Buck, Buck's trapped in an elevator with bitty, 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 and it's a flashback. And we're doing a clip show. Yeah, like, we'll, we'll put you in a spaceship and we'll blue screen some stuff. That's and, what they uh, call a bottle show. Yeah, we don't have any money, so we're just going to trap two characters in a room and they're going to talk. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. No, no, um, no time. This summer, I mean, this weekend, there was a movie that came out that was uh, well, had an Oscar winner in it, mm-hmm. and it made six hundred and twenty-five dollars per theater. Is that a lot? Oof. In two hundred and seventy-five theaters, it made each theater made six hundred and twenty-five. That's not a lot. No, not a lot. You want that number in the low thousands? Uh, to to yeah, I mean, you want it, the, the, the you want five figures to be a six a hit. Yes. 
but it was three figures, and it was directed by uh, the ShamWow guy. Oh, Vince Offer. Vince Offer, yeah. Got to beat up a prostitute. Uh, did he? Yep. Yeah, like she uh, wanted more money, and he. Hey, oh, that's right. That's he, right. He, he was at uh, the Lovitz a few months back. He came to the Lovitz for an event, and I totally did not recognize him. He didn't look like. What was uh, he like? He looked a, a bit disheveled. He got fat. He looks yeah. like a, he looks like a cokehead. Yeah, that's pretty much what he looks. Uh, like. But he's good friends with a good co- comedian friend of mine, so I don't want to talk to him. Oh, okay, shit about so, him. no, no, but but uh, we have our own minds. We make so our own decisions. This is a here. movie with Lindsay Lohan, Michelle oh, Rodriguez, yeah. and Adrian Brody. Movie forty three. No, it's called Inappropriate. Comedy. Oh, inappropriate. Yeah, it's the same thing. But uh, it, well, yeah, it's it's. Basically, it got on Metacritic. It got four zeros. Which, is, that, is that bad? Uh, yeah. So the, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know what, four, their, what their four medic, zeros, what their metric is. And it still gets a Metascore of one. I don't know how the <laughs> Metascore. It's on a, it's on the a meta, curve. Yeah, the Metacritic uh, algorithm is suspect. <laughs> and what is it on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, I don't know, but probably the same. Um, but. And why are they rotten? I don't understand. Why is well, because some are, some are oh, rotten. So the bad movies are rotten tomato? Yeah. It's a carrot on rotten tomatoes. It's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a rock. Um, but you should see the trailer for this movie. It is one of the most, I mean, full of Asian, like Asian I, I did see the trailer. And you know what? I, when I saw it, the first thing I said was, Bobby Lee isn't in this? <laughs> no, because even he He has... seems to hang out with that Kind of Integrity. crowd of, uh, of no of comics, I think, and... but he is in like he was in Pineapple Express. He he's yeah. in good things, not always, not always. He but... makes bad. He I think he was in some Pauly Shore directed movie, and I went, "What the fuck are you doing?" You know, it, a work is work, but yes, this this has a lot of um, really overt gay jokes in it. Uh, something about Adrian Brody shoving a st- I'm going to shove my stool in slowly you know just like and lots of like Asian driving jokes how do you I drive mean, like this and, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah, it's um, it's really really shocking that anything like that makes makes it to a theater I think the 275 well the thinking is that the internet trolls the people who say horrible things this will be a movie for them because it's it it is racist and is oh lots of Jewish jokes lots of Jewish jokes with but, uh, Ari um, Ari Shafir yeah but did, yeah did like he but, write it or uh, yeah yeah oh he did write it oh uh, he was one of the writers <sighs> yeah nice uh, you, you must know him yeah right? I know Ari yeah so okay then well then that now that I know that then I know what the source <laughs> right and it's funny like it it is really. Interesting, like he does some interesting things. Ari Shafir yeah. challenging people on their their racism or, or their their uh, ethnic. Is he the guy yeah. that that uh, right. gets a bunch of uh, day laborers, uh, gets them in a truck, and then drops them off at INS? Uh, I think uh, he's done a video. Yeah, he and, but, and then honks the horn, and I'm like, oh, it's kind of funny. It's yeah. performance arty, but he's kind of an asshole. Like in yeah, in yeah. his the stuff that he does, and this film. I mean, that's the thing. It's like Asian stereotypes. That's such an easy thing because, like, it's just easy. Like, there's no sophistication behind it. And it's yeah. like, well, I'm not making fun of black people, you know? Yeah. I'm not making fun of, uh, like, so it's like, it's gutless. That's It's not easy. Yeah, it's yeah. gutless. It's like, well, you know, we're not going to, we don't really care, us Asians, but we do. And it, it's, it hurts. Yeah. It, it, it hurts. It hurts so bad. It hurts. 
you cheated, Doctor Jones. This is coming from a guy who made a video with me uh, of the the most racial stereotyped character. But I think for a minute forty on the internet, it's like, oh, that's cute or it's funny. But yeah, but to it's- sit in a theater and just watch joke after joke and. And yeah. also, I was sort of being ironic. Yeah, no, the, the context is everything. And here, there's no... It's, it sounds like it's just devoid of irony. It's just full of... It gets uh, uncomfortable after a while. It's it, it's an easy target, you know. Yeah. And I, I, it's it's funny, because you... It, I, I feel like that kind of comedy... I mean, God, you listen to um, Andrew Dice Clay, and I, I never liked him, but that that guy sold out... Madison Square Garden at his at his height, and now you look back and you listen to him and you go, "This is not. This is childish and easy yeah. and silly." And I don't think that comedy ages well. I mean, it's not a, a, a bold statement, but I was watching Chevy Chase on Saturday Night Live a couple weekends ago. They mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake uh, oh, yeah, hosted, yeah. and they had a thing with all the Dan Aykroyd, yeah. but, and he is so unfunny. He has yeah. so lost his funniness. And then I'd watched Fletch the night before. That's the first time I saw him, and he was at, at his prime. And he could just walk into a scene, and you're like, oh, I'm laughing. Yeah. And I think it's why even Richard Pryor, who I watched one of his early 80s comedy specials, and I went, yeah, I see why this guy was huge, because he was the first one saying it and doing it and saying the N-word and blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't hold up. It's not yeah. – like, I want to see Louis C.K. now, because he is the voice. And I think yeah. that is why – comics go crazy because once you are funny the clock is running and right. it's, it's soon you're going to be you're going to be a hack as my friend who writes on justify keeps running into mel brooks who's was funny like really really like young frankenstein is genius and it holds yeah. up and it holds up but life stinks wasn't and now he's i don't know what he does it's 10 o'clock oh. i'm not doing it no, that's all. That's it. We'll we'll leave the. You have wasted the, an hour of your life with us. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, tweet us in at Nooner Dan Marty. Email us at noonerpodcast gmail dot com. Thanks yeah. for listening. So, uh, Steve, what what you're saying? Right. I'm sorry, not to no, interrupt. No, no. Uh, what you're saying then is uh, you start out. Uh, some of these comics start out big and then end up doing uh, a thousand words eventually in their career. Yeah, and it, well, I think the best comedians. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. For, for we're, we're, is, is this Steve speaking, or is it Marty? Uh, it, go ahead. Let's be the bic- <laughs> like the bickering Bickersons, like you, you and Dan. No, 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 Marty. We're, we're trying to have a conversation here. <laughs> oh my God, he is he is an animated mother <laughs> ball of energy. I, I like. I love. We him. miss him already. I know. Um, yeah, comedy that is was big in the '80s just doesn't. It doesn't last. You have to evolve, and uh, it's just. It is a. It's why they're so crazy. It's why comics are nuts. Because if you don't now, Louis C.K. is the the, the cause the guy, celeb, yeah. and and he admits like in five years I'm not. Someone else is going to come along, and and redefine it. But I mean, the Marx Brothers were at the apex of of humor at their at their yeah. in the 30s and 40s. I I watch it now at like nostalgic, but. It's not funny. It's yeah. not. It's not. Eh, there's, some, it, it, there's some moments, but well, it you feels know, like I, this movie is is looking back, like oh, twenty years ago, right? right. Like oh, a- Asians and Jews and blacks, and let's push their buttons. Like no, we're in this new world, like Borat, and uh, you know. But yeah. So I think you know the the funniest comedians uh, of their time are doing something that nobody's seen before. So with with uh, Borat is a good example. Like he was doing. Uh, 
a, a, a character and putting himself in situations that we had never seen before. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a little candid camera, but like pushed to an extreme limit. And, uh, and at a certain point, like then we see all the other people doing similar things, you know, yeah. and, and then it, that sort of comedy runs its course. And then he has to either reinvent himself or do something else. Yeah. So like Steve Martin did, a, he was doing comedy that nobody was doing. A lot of non sequiturs and a lot of weird, absurdist stuff. I mean, I guess people yeah. were doing that sort of stuff, but he elevated no, he was it. Doing, he was meta before meta existed. Yeah. Right. Doing a crazy character that... And, and then, you know... But he is held up because he was in that sketch well, but, too, and he, but he went off and wrote plays. And well, that was the thing. He, he left comedy. And so he basically saw what he did and he's like, okay, I've done that. And then now I'm doing this. And so he, he evolved. Like you said, yes. you need to evolve. And, you know, Eddie Murphy evolved into a money machine. You know, yeah. that's fine yeah. too. But I, I think it's really hard to, to be a revolutionary in any medium. Like the same thing with music. Like at a certain point, you're no longer relevant. Yeah. And but you can still be good. But Bruce Springsteen, yeah. case in point. Easily, if people are just. But it, it, there is a bit of nostalgia in comedy. But I, when I saw the in a, inappropriate comedy, is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Inappropriate. It, it feels like humor from 25 years ago. Yeah. And it's less. What's funny now it seems like less jokey and more. Uh, Character based, and at least for me, and for sort of like the the comedy people I talk to out here. But yeah, I mean, this Big Bang Theory still rates, and people watch it. But right. it, it it feels nostalgic. It doesn't feel like oh, this is the this is but where it, comedy. But it's is. also not changing the direction of comedy. Yeah. No, but Louis C.K. is, and right. his show is. I'm not sure if this is funny or right. And I, so then you like there probably wouldn't be girls if. The, the TV show, you know, if not for Louis C.K. Like, yeah, absolutely. That, it's a new style of sort of like very naked comedy, self-deprecating comedy. And, it, you know, that will run its course. Well, too. and even looking at, at podcasts that, you know, 25 years ago, it was all morning radio and it was right. a format and there was a guy hitting a cowbell and another, and, and Magic, Magic Marty and Super Steve on the mics. And now it's like, no, it's sort of regressed into more conversational and more let's open up the subject and talk about it and it's it, if you've listened to morning radio now which i don't but every now and then i dip in i go oh god this is horrible they're just they're, right they're reading off of uh three by five cards um lou says that peter cook and dudley moore stand up still makes her laugh for 50 years later lots of monty python too and monty i Pi think but, but, true. Well, some of python does hold up and, well and i think that we're talking about but those are outliers. Those are those are people at the top of their game, and still some of it is like mm, Life of Brian. I rewatched. Totally holds up. I can't believe they made that movie then. It's great without the internet to uh, to back it up. You know that they shit on Jesus like that. But but yeah. I think your point is not that it the comedy doesn't hold up, but it's the comedian. They're, they're the comedians not, themselves yeah. don't hold up. You know, uh, through the Monty the Python are are not continue, and and I read a script written by uh, Eric Idle. He was going to do a parody of Merchant Ivern movies, and it was unfunny. Like right. they, those guys no, no, themselves exactly. are not funny anymore. Yeah. I, I, I'm not saying their work didn't hold up. No, that's They're, what I was just saying. Yeah. Oh well, don't agree with me. That's not good radio. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you question me? All right, let me switch gears uh, for a little bit. There's a there's a, an online magazine called Edge, and it's they they self-profess to be the smartest website in the world, 
and uh, it's sort of a science-based thing. And then every year they ask a hundred and you know a bunch of big brain people like, what should we be worried about? And so some of the examples. I'm worried about Marty. He's going to the movies alone. He's seeing the call. <laughs> okay, I've been doing. That Are for you years. on that list? So, <laughs> like, but it's interesting because they ask these these people these uh, this, this question: What keeps the smartest folks in the world awake at night? And uh, of course, the pe- people talk about what's in their field. So, like, there's a an evolutionary psychi- psychologist who says um, Chinese eugenics. Um, then uh, it's a good album. Oh no, that's uh, it's Chinese a democracy. Uh, and then I'm, you know I'm just gonna fucking <laughs> no. And the, bust, well, so then like on all of these, the New York Times. What Science, is Chinese eugenics? What does that mean? How they're basically uh, breeding. They're trying to select for uh, a stronger Chinese race by. It's funny because over the weekend. Someone asked me because I, I was in China last year, and they're like, "Are they all short?" Because my my lady friend is very tall, and I was with her parents. I said, "No, they're." I saw women six feet plus walking around Beijing. They are not short. Well, in northern China, they're taller. Okay, so you got to go to southern China for the little tiny short rounds. Yeah, hey okay. now, but yeah, basically they have a a a sort of government run eugenics thing that that they're trying to um, create. Smarter Chinese people. I gotta do the voice. And no, you can't. No, you don't. <laughs> Does but this have anything much. to do with it? What is this thing? I, I wanted to go back to Lou's picture. I see this in a lot of uh, restaurants. Restaurants. It's a the the waving cat. Yes. What what is that? I think it's just a good luck thing. It's a good luck thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> thanks, it, thanks for that. That was great. Yeah. It's a limited uh, list contribution of of things because you know people only talk about what what's in their field and not necessarily what affects society you know like the science editor for the new york times is worried about bad journalism you know and i mean i guess that makes sense but uh my friend is a uh a scientist slash medical uh what does he do? He says something at UCSF. He was sequencing DNA at Los Alamos 10 years ago. He is a genius. And he is trying to find a cure for HIV. And that's something not to worry about. That is having a conversation with him. There's uh, great advances in that. So go ahead and have sex without a condom. Go nuts. Enjoy yourself. Right. <laughs> AIDS is over. Oh, not yet. Not yet. Close, though. Close. But um, Which is, that's great. Uh, so I was just curious what you guys were afraid of. Um, so, all right. Apparently, nothing. Obviously, I'm yeah. afraid of Cleveland. Yeah, because they're going to come find me and fucking beat my ass. Well, there's the, a psychologist, Mihaly Szymanowski. Like he's a Polish American psychologist who uh, is about positive psychology, and he said he basically fears virtual reality. He feels like uh, people are going to fall into these virtual worlds and not exist in the real life. Yeah, and. If it gets people off the roads, I'm all for it. Yeah, see, that's the <laughs> thing. Here's the thing. Traffic. Is that such a bad thing? Yeah. Because, like, everything's automated now. We've got these robots running things. And if you can find inner peace by living in Second Life, is that a terrible thing? I don't no. Know. Get off the roads. Get out of my house. Yeah. Lower your carbon footprint. Yeah. Stay home. I like it. I, I, I fear the loss of... I, I know this is a, a television show that I have not watched, but... Uh, the grid, the power grid. I mean, if you know, revolution, I think it's called or mm-hmm. something. But 
It's called the, Malibu Country, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> but no, just the loss of all power. Like if we just went dark like that show, right? And we had nothing. We I think humanity would fucking eat itself. And I, these I think, terrorist experts say that like our our grid is incredibly uh, is vulnerable, vulnerable, yeah. and outdated. I, I yeah. think because think about it, there'd be no podcasts. Oh my god! Oh my, oh my god! god. <laughs> it's tragedy. <laughs> How will I Instagram what I ate for lunch? How will I do that? Oh, oh. I had a funny poop Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't fear a lot. I think we're living in a, in a great time. I mean, I'm not excited that North Korea wants to nuke us, but yeah. I mean, I'm not even worried about yeah, that. Like that's just no, that's I, to get ratings up. Like a lot of people fear like advances in technology like yeah. people like yeah, I was people, say that. people like bill like bill yeah but i i think he's, that he's at home listening to a wax cylinder right <laughs> recording of over there over there over there. oh the good old days when i could really write a tune but i yeah i think that that's these are inevitable things like google glass is an inevitable thing that people are going to use and you can use it or not and and but more yeah. people are are going to use it and that's just going to change the way things information travels well yeah minority report i can't that's what i'm waiting for yeah i'm waiting for fucking the tom cruise uh, uh hand gesturing air, yeah, hand gesturing air miming yeah, well, uh, they already have that like people have developed these things using the, the gloves con- or no the the connect thing that xbox 360 oh, you know that's right yeah uh so that's already in existence right now oh well that's i do I worry a little bit because my mom who is a divorced midget Afro Jewish woman uh, in her late sixties. So, you know, just imagine that hotness uh, is obsessed with viruses. Wait, wait, wait. Give, give me. Just you, got, a you got that? No. Imagine Barbara Streisand's hair in yeah. A Star Is Born. Imagine Linda yeah. R- uh, Richmond, the character <laughs> mm-hmm. from Saturday Night Live, yeah. Mike Myers did with the big glasses, uh-huh. with a lot of be- bedazzled, jeweled sweatshirts. Tell covering- me, she's wearing a turtleneck. It's, uh, well, leggings and then just a little sort of basketball belly. Mm. I hope my mom is not listening because she's not going to enjoy <laughs> that image. But but she's obsessed with it. She reads books. That's all she's talking about. There's this virus that's going to wipe us all out. And there is a bit of trepidation, a little fear in, in my mind about, oh, yeah, we all just guzzle antibiotics and at some point which don't affect viruses by the way i, I know but just the thank you thank you dr you <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> thanks for shooting on my point no go ahead finish where'd your you study improv no, the, the no end <laughs> institute i, I look at i you know like, i feel a responsibility to the listeners to, okay not like we're, not we're about public that, health uh, go on okay go dr on, drew on, finish your point <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what my point was uh-huh. that that we will we will uh will there will be a virus or a flu or something that will take out a huge portion of the world and that's yeah that that that, yeah. that is that, something that that worries me the 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 proliferation zombie? of no not zombies no. that that will never happen <laughs> the the internet changing um print media and making stupid people have a voice that, that's all that's fine that's fine. just the way things are it's just yeah, it's, it, yeah. It doesn't affect your diet, you know, or whatever your access to to clean water. Yeah, uh, yeah Stephen Pinker, who's a, over at uh, Harvard, he had uh, some good things. He he talked about the, not good things, but safety uh, school. He uh, was talking about the real risk factors for war, and that future wars are going to be fought over resource shortages like water mm. or minerals or oil. Uh, which is happening now, but it will happen, I think, more. I um, think the next war is going to be us bombing servers. 
Well, that then he talks about oh, really? like he talks oh, about look at me. Yeah. So then he talks about climate change, how that will be a driver for war. And just climate change in general. I don't know why everybody on this list didn't say, well, fucking climate change. That's going to really affect yeah, right. everything. Like uh, drones, he talks about. And then also cyber warfare and yes. how like that is going to be, like you said, data centers are, are something, you know, or, or data streams. Like if you cut cables in, in the ocean, you're, you cripple nations. Like, like yeah. China, who has uh, uh, just a couple of cables going into the country that 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 brings them the internet and we could we could sever that and imagine how people couldn't play angry birds online there'd be a fucking revolution riots yeah Uh, it's just it's it's interesting and everything that's going on with pirate bay and um you know countries trying to stop hackers and hacktivists and at a certain point they're going to I don't know. Something crazy is going to happen to the internet, and it's going to suck because you're going to be sending a big email to someone, and then right, yeah. just I like mean, it, like the end of Star Wars when they got those little knobs. Yeah, and, <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. Well, you know what? H- having been in China when they shut the internet down because of a scandal, that was uh, that was one of those. Oh shit! This is yeah. this is real. This they can do that. I right. I think they should uh, outfit the uh, satellites with a directional something you can actually point uh, EMP I think that would be probably the best just, just shut down a whole country with a fucking EMP yeah I, it'll be I think these things are all going to happen yeah. or, or just uh, like hacking right now like um, South Korea got attacked got hacked by the North Koreans yeah. and, and yeah. shut down a bunch of banks and that's yeah. like that's pretty terrifying so it's over we're all fucked we're all dead yes we're moving yeah. to the moon no I'm just, I'm just oh they're there I'm downloading uh Angry Birds, so I don't have to rely on it. <laughs> yeah, Download exactly. everything now. You can play all, offline. All six seasons of Veronica Mars. Get it on your hard drive because it's yeah, the, the it fucking is. grid is going down. Um, <laughs> I am. Yeah. So the, anyhow, that's just a little message to bring everybody down. That's what we do so well oh, on this podcast. Oh God. Uh, by the way, next week I think we're going to have a guest on the podcast, ah, which we haven't done in a long time. Do tell. Um, we're going to have. I th- right now we have scheduled comedian David Huntsberger. Ah. Do people know who David Huntsberger is? He's a very funny man. We will. Um, yes, uh, he's he's uh, on the podcast. Um, Professor Blastoff on the uh, comedy. Yes, uh, Wolf. Earwolf. 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 Jesus Christ. Com- a competitor. Mm. Don't don't yeah, mention. Don't, don't listen to that podcast. But just know that he's there. <laughs> don't download it. Um, so that's something to look forward to. Another thing to look forward to is the Evil Dead remake. Yes. Oh my God! When yes, next week? Yes, it comes yes. out next week. Oh yeah! I've Finally, something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, do do you did you you've seen the original? Right? I, I have. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. How Sam Raimi has gone off the rails so much since well, that. It's you know if you watch Evil Dead Two especially, it's this campy, super well directed thing. Yeah. And all of his movies are campy. Really, really well directed. Not things. a simple plan. Not a simple plan. No, you're absolutely right. Not for love of the game. Um, <laughs> really, that's him. That's him. Oh boy, baseball drama. Yeah, for the love of the game. Uh, <laughs> so, um, is he remaking? Who's remaking it? It's. Uh, a, I think it's a Spanish director, Guillermo Fede Alvarez, <laughs> and then Diablo Cody co-wrote the screenplay with with Fede Alvarez. Cool. Yeah, really. So, do you do you like? Um, oh, he's Uruguayan, actually, uh, and he he did this uh, really cool video 
uh, a few years ago. Um, that was just that was me just coming on the, the microphone. Yeah, by the way, as uh, you were trying your Tony Soprano and yeah. failing, failing. Exactly. <laughs> he did this uh, thing called Panic Attack. Was uh, that the uh, the invasion? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, of a. Oh, he did that thing. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a really great. short video, yeah, and yeah, yeah. from yeah. that he got a feature film, and, and basically that was just you know him just doing his thing, and good uh, for him. Yeah. So that's how you do it. People. That's how you do it th- these days. You do it and get it to Sam Raimi's computer, and then <laughs> yeah. you'll get it to the right guy, yeah. and then get screwed over. Um. <laughs> so that's coming out. Uh, is it? It's a full reboot of the franchise, right? It's not a new one. It's a. It's it's, a, it's the retelling of it. Mm-hmm. That's it's, fantastic. It's pretty exciting, and uh, it's funny. Like there was an interview with Bruce Campbell, like who was the star of the first three. He got fat. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he, he has a right to get fat. Uh, you, Nobody has. Have you seen him on Burn Notice? Fine. Oh, the he's Hawaiian in his yes. 50s. Oh, be I know. fat. That's fine. But he be was, fat. <laughs> your uncle, your, it's one of your not, uncles in it's not an A minor it's in B fat B fat <laughs> my rap name B fat oh, it took an hour and 20 minutes but no we've been doing racism. it peppered it the whole fucking my show my rap name B fat <laughs> it's okay you B fat anyhow <laughs> he, he apparently was helped in the so in bad. the post production pulling out sound effects from the original movies. Oh wow! Because they want to sort of layer them in there as a sort of homage. And, yeah. and that's what, what was that one really he awesome. did a couple years ago? The Send Me to Hell or I'm Going to Hell? Drag Me to Hell. Drag, Drag Me to Hell. hell. Actually, it's okay, okay movie. Yeah, I like it's it. all right. Yeah, yeah I like the movie. Um, it. Was very rainy. Unbelievable sound design. If you are a sound yeah. nerd and you like like the sound production on that is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So he's definitely one of those. That is a huge part of horror. Yeah. As a, I had two sound editors next to me doing, uh, was it Open? What was that movie with? Uh, open Sore? No, it was a, uh, what the fuck is her name from uh, Career Opportunities? Um, She's also uh, been Jennifer a, Connelly. Jennifer Connelly horror movie was a remake of a Japanese yeah, Black one. Blackwater. Blackwater. They, oh, Blackwater. For six months, they were doing this. They were two, two dudes in a room, and I just heard, bloop. Yeah. <laughs> they were they, they were working on two seconds, of, and I'd knock on the door. I'm like, uh, "What the fuck, are you guys doing in here?" Like, uh, "We're we're working on Blackwater, the Jennifer Connelly." Oh, okay. Keep it down. I go back to my office. Bloop, bloop. <laughs> Just for, like, for, and I was like, for six months, and then she would come in and watch a, a, a cut of it. But that that that's the kind of attention you have to pay. Yeah, in, it, in the horror world, it pays and off. Sam, yeah, you, and, yeah, yeah. Especially like even in the original. The idea that the sound was just so vivid. I mean, you hear like the the sequence where he's uh, attaching the, um, the the chainsaw. chainsaw. I mean, every little thing when he's when he's clink clink clink. clink I yeah. mean, it's just so visceral. Yeah, I and, mean, that, and that's the rhythm of it, of it is yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so he he is a such an accomplished filmmaker, and he really sees it on all levels. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I am excited to see that, uh, yeah. but I, I'm not gonna see it in the like as what are you cooking when i'm not gonna com- <laughs> i'm not gonna compare it to the original i'm you know i'm just gonna try to watch it on yeah. my own yeah yeah uh and you're I not th- gonna bring a, 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 a ipad in so you could watch you can watch right, right, frame, same, right. frame and go, and go. Mm, nope doesn't match up <laughs> nope bullshit yeah right as long as i don't hear misa swallow your soul <laughs> i'll be fine if there's oh. a jar jar binks oh, anywhere okay. in that oh well that would be interesting uh, so are there re- remakes that, like, I think remakes are good. Like yeah. if, 
they can be good if they're done correctly. Um, there's uh, there's a horror remake right now uh, that just came out um, of the Spanish film Who Could Hurt a Child or Who Could Kill a Child. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently that wasn't done well. And I think the the best ones are ones that either bring a new take to it yeah. or take a mediocre film and make it good. Mm. Um, so like uh, one of the best ones is, of course, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. The original oh, one yeah. was very much a, a sort of political movie, uh, not really big on special effects, you know, with uh, Kevin McCarthy. Kevin? No. Wait, there was three of them. Oh, there have been more. Yeah, there yeah. been there's one in the fifties. Right, that one. was the Donald Sutherland uh, one. Yeah, then the the Philip Kaufman one was just was such a great, chilling remake. And they're both good movies, and they yeah. exist, you know, on their own. But you know, or the thing is another one that's really yeah, great. Yeah. So, uh, which has been remade several times. Uh, yeah, both of them have been remade several times. Oh, well, yeah. what, so you think? Oh, I, I was saying that the the Carpenter remake is is just a classic film. Yes, that um, I, I love. And then you see the original, you go, oh, really? It's just, yeah. it, it, you can't even believe. What's the guy people- from War of the Worlds doing there? <laughs> <laughs> it's basically how I felt about that one. Uh, so, are there other ones that you that you liked or? I thought Three Ten to Yuma was great. Yeah, I, I kind of like. And that I one. didn't. I never really appreciated the original that much. Right. I do love Elmore Leonard, but uh, the. It's also uh, that the first one came out like 1959, and then the or I, all right, check check my math there. The uh, Russell Crowe one came out not too long ago, and Elmore Leonard is still alive. Yeah, like he he had movies made in the 50s, and he's still writing episodes at Justified. How fucking old is that guy? Uh, we could find out. All right, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, but another way, I, I loved the Coen Brothers' True Grit. I never liked the original. Oh, yeah. I thought that was uh, really fun and, you know, Coen brother E. Yeah. And, uh, you know. It, it, the original is not great. No, it's, it's poop. But it's okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think they, they did a great job with it. Um, and uh, what about Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? That was a remake. Oh, uh, Steve Martin and and Michael Caine. Michael Caine. I, I love can't, that. I one. can't remember it. I, don't, I, I saw it and it just it had no effect on me. Uh, I, uh, the other one that's really great is The Fly, uh, the oh, remake. Yes. Of, that, of course, uh, which is you know well, perfect. Jeff Goldblum already looks like a fly. Like you know, yeah. it's a little, it's a little <laughs> on the nose. It's believable, like, dude. You, Brindle Fly. You definitely look like you're going to take flight. He has a, a, a avian <laughs> and uh, sort of look to him. Executive produced by Mel Brooks. There you go. Yeah. yeah, I thought the Dread reboot uh, was really good, um, and uh, uh, definitely better than. I but mean, see, know. that wasn't a remake; that was a reboot. That's a little different. Yeah, it's, it's the same story, though. I mean, it's there's mm-hmm. the riots in the towers, and yeah, I think it's the same basic plot. They did give him a wacky sidekick with uh, Rob Schneider in the first one. This this one had no, there was no humor in it. it so no yeah, I, I appreciated I, that. I the, I enjoyed it, but the I, original comic book does have a lot of humor, and that's really um, oh, you didn't like that. Well, uh, I like Carl Urban. I thought he was great, um, but I don't like Lena Headey. Hedy, Hedy, you're wrong. Alright, I'm wrong. She's very true. Uh, Dawn of the Dead is uh, uh, another film that I think the original from the 70s was great, and then the 2004 remake was also great. Yeah. Well, um, Scarface is a classic. Yeah. I mean, the first one stinks. I mean, it's like it's alright, but it, it's very cheesy. It's, yeah. you know, 30s studio system, just cranking them out. Yeah. And uh, it did not... Uh, 
inspire a generation of hip hop people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it definitely took the Al Pacino one. Not that the Al Pacino one makes a whole lot of sense, but I was there when they were filming it when I was a kid, so it has a little special oh, place. Cool. And then uh, also Dark Water. Great remake. Bloop. Yeah. <laughs> Can you fucking keep it down? I'm trying to <laughs> dig around on the internet and pretend to work in here. I think we should go into the. Uh, the oh, mail. you ready for the mail? I had one, one more though. Oh, good, please. One that I was waiting. I've been waiting for, and and sadly now I'm lamenting. I don't think I don't know if it's going to be made. Uh, the Warriors. I think I brought this up before. Warriors. Tony Scott was was set to direct it, and you know that's not going to happen. That's He's unavailable. Not, he is unavailable. <laughs> so I'm hoping maybe Ridley will pick it up, or I don't know. Who who do you think? Did you guys see the original uh, Warriors? Oh yeah, of course. So who who would you? Oh, jeez. Um, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> and a David O. Gerard Russell Butler. reimagining. No, yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know who I would put in there. Um, Vin Diesel. J.J. Abrams. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you want a good action guy. Michael Bay. Everything just blows up every five seconds. It's Zach, explosion. Zack Snyder. I mean, the, the list is... I don't want to see any slow-mo. This is too much slow-mo. No, no Matrix. With the, the three bottles going... Clink. Clink. <laughs> clink. <laughs> Come out. <laughs> uh, this is Coney Island. No. Aren't they in Coney Island at the end? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, get, uh, what's his name from uh, Olympus Has Fallen? Oh, yeah. With, uh, Gerard Butler, who, who everyone else passes. Yeah. So he yeah. does no, it. I think you want to do it like with a bunch of teenagers, you know, yeah, just yeah. like unknowns. There there yeah. would be a good shovel face from Twilight. What's his name? Robert, Robert Pattinson. No, unknown. Oh, oh unknown. And actual yeah. teenagers, not someone in their 30s. Not a 30-year-old who looked like he got hit with a shovel. Uh, All right. Jared, oh, I'm sorry. Let's... Oh, did you know that Wizard of Oz is a remake? I, look, I, I sent this query out to Reddit, and they came well, back. Well, no, they, they made a previous version yeah. of it, but it wasn't yeah. a remake. Well, it was, and they were both adaptations of the same book. So what's a remake, then? What's remake the... is one that's based on the, the other movie. Oh. Right. Okay. Let's go. That confused me. Ready? That's what I try to do. That's my goal every... Good morning. <laughs> All right. I think it's time. We're going to dip into the mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. Come on, get my hands back. Mail sack. Uh, yeah, that was great. Meh. That was meh. <laughs> fair, uh, fair, maybe meh. By the maybe, way, maybe boo. Um, by the way, is that a ringtone? Is that available? Sure. Okay. A- a- anything can be turned into a I ringtone. <laughs> Tyson said that uh, he mentioned Heaven Can Wait and and, and Scarface. Oh, yeah, uh, Heaven, Heaven Can, can wait. wait is great. Great movie. I don't know if that holds up though. Do you think? Uh, Julie Christie, Warren Beatty. Jack Warden. I, I can't remember. Is he a football player? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. No, it doesn't hold up. Okay. That's okay. Sorry, Tyson. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> uh, but wrong. Issue number four. Fucking McLaughlin group here. It really is. Without uh, without Dan and and, and Bill, it, it, we're, it, yeah, last first week was like Star Wars. The second week was like uh, like um, Empire. And now we're at uh, Phantom. We just went all the yeah, way. Yeah, we're, we're, we're at Phantom, Phantom Menace. We're Phantom Menace. Like, yeah, the kid can't really <laughs> act. And midichlorians? What? It's like, a, no. 
Sorry, everybody. So Jared wanted to, he had a message. He, he gave us a link to some old-fashioned swears. And he says, by St. Bugar and all the saints at the backside door of Cleveland. <laughs> and he said, eh, it doesn't sound as good as the original fuck Cleveland. It just rolls off the tongue. So uh, Chris Brown from Saskatchewan, yes. manning the grill, grilling the man, yes. says, uh, have you watched any of the Netflix original stand-up specials? My favorite so far is Brian Posehn's The Fartist. Are there any stand-ups you would like to see get one of these specials? Personally, I'd really uh, dig a Daryl Wright special. I'm sure Jam Master knows some outstanding comedians who haven't quite blown up yet. Cheers, fuck Cleveland, Chris. Oh, so uh, Daryl Wright, I think, is hilarious. Great, great guy. I did a commercial with him once. Oh, yeah, super nice. Just a really good guy. You know, just friendly and very humble. You know, he's like, yeah, I'm a stand-up comedian, and I should have known who he was. You know, it's like I've had my Comedy Central special. You know, yeah, and I was like. Why don't I know you? But now, I mean, he, his career is doing great. Oh, he's doing good. Uh, in fact, uh, he was just at the club. Uh, he just popped in for a minute uh, the other night. I can't really talk too much about it, but there's uh, some interesting things in the work for him. Uh, but you can catch him. He's uh, he's covering the uh, something at the Fontana Speedway out there, uh, I believe, this oh, coming Kentucky. weekend. He's he's doing a lot for uh, – he does Fox Sports now with um, Jay Moore. Yo, they're, they're buddies. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, you, I, if you listen to the first interview with Daryl on the uh, on on that podcast, yeah. um, the more more stories, yeah, it is. It, he has just an incredible history. Yeah. You know, oh, he does. Like, he's 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 a very interesting uh, fellow as far as his history yes. goes. I mean, if you want, like, he shot a guy in the ass. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's. <laughs> it's pretty crazy like hearing that story and then meeting him yeah. is two different things but clearly he's he found a, the correct outlet for his creativity <laughs> yeah he's a good dude though he, and like I said for those of you that are fans of his uh, stay tuned because he's got some stuff in the pipeline right now that I think uh, I have a good feeling about for him so yeah um, and then uh, we got another email from Darren Husted from last week and uh-huh. uh no, it doesn't apply. Don't read it. Yeah. All right. You got to get it in. You got to get it, it in. Yeah. There's, yeah. No, there's no carryover minutes here. All right. Yeah. Now read it. Okay. Fucking God. He says, um, <laughs> greetings from Wolf, Wolverhampton Fab Five on Saturday in the middle of a uh, Nicole Kidman sandwich. Um, he saw the paper boy and then Stoker. Um, and then in between he saw the incredible Burt Wonderstone. The film does not deserve the title of Incredible, and while Steve Carell, Steve Buscemi, Jim, Jim Carrey, and Alan Arkin, and Olivia Wilde uh, do their best with the material, it just isn't funny as it could be. Uh, however, while watching the film, I did laugh every time James Gandolfini was on screen. <laughs> Comedy legend, James Gandolfini. Yeah. yeah, when you want to funny that movie up, get a morbidly obese Italian character actor Heavy known for playing player. a mob guy. He'll, yeah. He's funny. He's, he does some pretty good stand-up. Uh, no, he just he sits there and eats ribs and breathes into a mic. Yes. And then he adds, of course, fuck Cleveland. Yeah. Fuck Cleveland. Yep. So, yeah, give us a little of that. That's That should be a ringtone. Or when you get a text. 
<laughs> and uh, that's all we have for the mail oh, sack. Oh, wow, that was it for me. Yeah, it's terrible. A little, little light on the mail sack, yeah. people. What are you doing out there? Uh, get get some questions and get ask if you have questions for uh, David Huntsberger, Sunsberger. Uh, get that in if you have questions about um, their podcast too. Get that in because it'll be behind the scenes, and he's got a new album coming out. So we'll get into that. Uh, I was watching a um, an interview. I don't know how this came up, but I just was randomly surfing and I saw an interview with Penny Marshall on Larry King. Oh my God. Really? And for those of who, you know, you must know who Penny Marshall is. She was Laverne from Laverne yes. and Shirley and uh, Gary Marshall's sister, sister, younger sister, former uh, wife of Rob Reiner. Yeah. They were married for many years. Um, and uh, also the first female director to break the hundred million dollar mark. She did it twice nice. with big and uh, a league of their own. Yeah. Yeah. And also a cancer survivor. She had lung cancer yeah. and brain cancer and, and apparently is cancer-free and uh, has a book out. And uh, it just got me remembering... Didn't, didn't, Are you setting me up for a story? You meet... Uh, yeah, I've, I've met Marshall. the young, young Miss Marshall once. Yeah. That was, uh, that was quite a day. Do tell. Do tell. We have time for this? Isn't there more mail? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I was uh, an actor through the manager or some was auditioning for Saturday Night Live and he called me up and for some reason I got he got connected to me and said, "Hey, we listened to my bits over the weekend." My bits. He was going to New York to audition. This is when um what's her name was running Saturday Night Live. Uh, Tina Fey. And he's a I've heard of this actor before and he's a nice guy and I said, "Sure, we'll get together on a Saturday." And, and uh, sit at a donut shop, and you'll tell me your little funny characters and bits, your bits, my bits. I get a call on a Saturday. And he says, "Yeah, come up to the house. We're all we're all sitting in meeting here." And, and I said, oh, "Okay, this is your house." No, I'm, I'm at so and so's house. And I drive up into the Hollywood Hills, and I'm at a mansion. And he takes me downstairs to meet the, the owner of said home, and I walk through a museum of sports. Like, right, she has a huge, huge collection. Well, I didn't of know I was at Penny. I didn't know I was at Penny Marshall. He didn't say come to Penny Marshall. He just come up to the house. Right, he was. He's a New York. I'm sorry guy. to jump to the. the, the thanks you know. for killing the. Uh, reveal. Well, I, I, I think we knew where where we were. <laughs> no, David Fincher was out there, and then no, it wasn't David Fincher. <laughs> and um, Miss Miss Marshall was lying by the pool in a two piece, and she is not really capable of pulling off a two piece. But you know what? She was in her own home. <laughs> yeah, but do whatever the fuck you want, and. Uh, we went upstairs to her living room, and he proceeded to pitch us bits. It was her, a guy, one of the David Mendel from uh, yeah, big TV writer. Seinfeld, um, Tracy Morgan's writing partner, and me. And this guy was pitching us bits. And Laverne, as I like to call her, is fucking crazy. Like, oh my god, crazy. There are fifteen dogs running around the house. Five of them have cones on, and one of them is named Magic, and one of them is Larry Bird, and they're <laughs> knocking shit over. And the kid is smoking cigarettes, doing you know, gay Gandhi or whatever, whatever bit he was. And we were like, oh, okay. And he knocks over an ashtray, and Laverne comes out. I'm going to keep calling her Laverne because please, because I grew up watching that show. Yeah. She could not figure out how to make a vacuum cleaner work. Like I watched her for ten minutes. Obviously, she has people to deal with that. And it just got weirder and weirder and weirder. And at some point, she said, "You do you want some water?" Because she she fucked her head up doing too much coke or something. Some, like something happened. She doesn't well, speak. She no did more. have brain cancer. I well, I didn't know that. Maybe it was brain. <laughs> she couldn't find a glass in her own kitchen. 
We w- we went into the kitchen together, and she did not. She oh, just kept opening drawer of uh, cabinets, and no, I'm not here. I said, you know what? Don't 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 worry about it. <laughs> I'll just drink from the faucet. Yeah, I'll just uh, I'll just not eat. Uh, and she did cook food. She brought out food, which was this gray blob that the uh, Tracy Morgan's <laughs> writing partner ate, and David Bentley. <laughs> and it, and then she's just it, it's just insanity. And at a certain point. A white dude just walks in like he just woke up. This is now three o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and he's got one of those teddy bears you win at the uh, the fair, but right. the size like the size of a human. And he just is holding it, and he sits down at a table. He kind of watches us for a while, and then he just wanders off into the. I said, "Who's that?" He's like, "Oh, he was a nine eleven fireman. He's out here doing comedy. Like he's, she's got like nine like firemen who are nine eleven oh, living geez. in her house, just like wandering in at three in the afternoon. <laughs> this is like dinner for schmucks happening. This at her is house. amazing. Yeah. And then so it's just and so she and you know like I loved Laverne and Shirley growing up. She sits next to me, and she looks at me and goes, "Do you know why I drank Malcolm Pamsing?" I said, "What? Do you know why on the show I drank Malcolm Pamsing?" And I, I, I literally asked this woman five times, could you please repeat that? And the dude, the actor, was like, I speak Penny. And I found out he, he was in a Penny he was in a Penny Mar- Marshall movie called Riding in Cars with Boys. That's how she knows oh, yeah. it. That was the last feature she directed. Yeah. yeah. And she was, I think, prepping um, Cinderella Man. And I just kept looking at this woman going, how does this woman direct movies? She can't fucking operate a, a uh, vacuum cleaner. She was, at, she was telling me why Laverne's character drank milk and Pepsi. Right. Uh. Which I went, oh, you know what? I remember drinking that because I loved the show and why. Oh, my mom wanted me to drink milk and I wouldn't know. I saw she put my Pepsi in there. Like just mumbling. She's also wearing an L.A. Sparks uh, jersey and I don't think anything else. She's just kind of wandering around the house. And there's a giant piece of art in the living room of a monkey holding uh, an Indian, like some surreal thing. And I go, oh, that's an interesting piece of art. And she goes, oh, it's uh, this uh, hop or some artist, some famous guy who has painted her. So she took me on a tour of the house to try and find the book that, that she had of his art. where she, And she's just knocking over book bookshelves. <laughs> and just bear in mind... The air conditioning never stopped when I was there. You know, they cycle on and off. I mean, yeah. it must have been 50 degrees <sighs> in there. And so it's now 7 o'clock. It's in the summer, and the sun is starting to... Like, I've been here since 10 in the morning. I've <laughs> right. not eaten, have not have not sated myself. And no one is going, well, good luck, you know. Yeah. Good luck with your audition. Like, they, he's just... The, the kid is in his underwear. He's just doing this is, wacky characters. This is like that, that scene from... Uh, uh, the Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights, yeah. yeah. And I'm going... Lighting off firecrackers. No one is going to go... So I just said... I slapped my knees, and I went, okay! And I stood up, and I'm leaving. Nice to meet you, Laverne, and Tracy Morgan's <laughs> writing partner, and Guy from Seinfeld. And uh, I go to the front door, and it's this big glass pane, and there is a bullet hole in it, Oy. which was shot from the inside out. And I, and I remember going to the gate... You know, these these L.A. Hills places have this big sort of sliding gate. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, the 9-11 fireman comes going. out, and he goes, I'll let you out. And I'm like, and then Laverne comes out, you're not going anywhere. No, come back. We're going to make, I'm going to make a ratatouille. Don't make me get my I got gun. into my car, and I had, a, I had a bag with me with a metal buckle, and I held the bag buckle, and it was frozen. Like, it must have been in the 40s in there. It was so <laughs> oh, fucking geez. cold. So I emailed that artist because I wanted that I, I needed a print of that thing. I can't remember his name. It's oh Donald Roller Wilson. 
he's a famous artist. He's he did uh, some Frank Zappa album covers. Oh, I nice. emailed the artist, well, his assistant, saying, "Can I get a print of this? Because I had a, a very traumatic day, and I want to remember it." I get an email from the actual artist going. What were you doing in Penny Marshall's house? I said, I don't even know. And he said, she's fucking crazy. <laughs> I cannot understand how she directs a movie. She is a mess. Uh, and it's crazy. I looked her up and there's a, a site that sort of estimates people's net worth. And her net worth is, according to this website, was $45 million. Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, she's got dough. Yeah, all those Kmart commercials. Oh, she know. also had what I thought was her sister, because it was a woman who looked exactly like her. Her older sister is a casting director and producer. No, it was a, young, a very young woman, okay. who I realized was not her sister at a certain point. Was her daughter? I sure. think it was her girlfriend. Oh, jeez. I don't know. Did I just out Penny Marshall? Eh, what are you going to do? Eh, whatever. But, uh, yeah. You know why I drank Malcolm Pabsley? Wait, why was it? It's because her mom, she would not drink milk, so her mom oh. would... would trick her by pouring pepsi in it but this was like i didn't turn to her and go hi i'm a big fan i'm just like sitting in her living room going just just keep nodding your head and keep and apparently what am i doing here and don't eat any food she tries to give you apparently they the the laverne and shirley came out of just like abc saying hey gary marshall what what do you what do you got and like they had just been on happy days uh that's right she and cindy williams and Basically, he's like, all right, well, it was November. And then, like, ABC was like, fine. And then it was on the air in January, you know. It ran for eight and a half seasons. I love the show. I just, she, um, and she is was a great director. I don't think they, I don't think she can get a completion bond because it's, she's kind of a mess. Bullet, bullet holes in her, in her Hollywood Hills home. But she still has been, she's still directing. She's doing uh, TV episodics. She did uh, a couple episodes of the United States of Terror. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, couldn't find a glass in her own kitchen. Well, that's why she has a. She, she's a director. <laughs> she can say, "Someone bring me a glass," and they will. I guess. Yeah. That, those are the ones that I think are going to have a, a problem if uh, the, the scenario of the revolution or whatever happens. That the Hollywood Hills, the actors and oh, actresses yeah, yeah. and and can't dial a phone. Who can't fucking do any? Can't wipe their own kids' ass. I mean, I, I, it's really obnoxious. Sometimes I see these people out and about and. It's like really, like they're so busy doing whatever they're doing that their kid is secondary. And I mean, you know, there's a nanny taking the kid out and pushing the kid around. It's like, come on, people, do a little <laughs> bit of something for yourself. It's, it's amazing. Well, she's like the Rick Rubin of of directors. You know, like yeah. Rick Rubin is not a musician. You yeah. Know? And basically, by all accounts, he just sits in a you know on a couch in an engineering room and yeah. just creates, creates body odor. Yeah. Creates body odor. And I've, I've sat next to him at a restaurant. He does not smell good. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of so beard patchouli. funk. Well, no, beer just funk? beard funk. <laughs> oh, beard funk. And then like she just like shows up on set and makes big one of my favorite movies, you know. Uh, like- and I worked with a guy who used to be uh, her brother's assistant. And the way he directs, he never looks through the camera. He never – he just kind of walks to the craft service with the actor and has a couple words. And then just, yeah, go do your thing. He's very like, laissez-faire, yeah, the- which – Really shows <laughs> some of those uh, New Year's Day and Valentine's Day movies, but uh, yeah, she's. I, I mean, I loved the movie. I loved Awakenings. I loved, um, yeah. which is funny because I, I had a show with um, Barry Kemp, who's a famous half-hour guy. He cr- he worked on Taxi and he created um, 
Newhart. The, this is my brother Daryl, my other brother. Right. And he, he also produced a, a wonderful movie called Patch Adams that <laughs> nobody saw. But do tell, I never saw it. But you, uh-huh. I, but I'd go to his office and there was a Patch Adams post. He would sit where you're sitting, and there'd be a big Patch Adams. And I was discussing my show idea, and I would say, "Yeah, it's sort of like when this happened." And he'd go, "That's Awakenings." And I would go, "Oh, I thought that was." I would I would kept referencing a, 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 what happened in Awakenings, thinking it was in Patch Adams. <laughs> It is. Like, no, no. And he kept going. I'm going to stop you there. That's from, that's from Awakenings. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to bring the room to me, and yeah, that's... you know, you know that moment when she finds out. He finds out that he's like, that's Awakenings again. I'm like, fuck. Did you even watch Patch Adams? No. <laughs> no. Well, then it's. A, you shouldn't have even brought it up. Well, I was. Uh, it, it, shame on me for trying to, you know, be nice. So. Um, Apparently, PD was, PDG was letting us know that Penny Marshall was interviewed on uh, Smoothie, Ma- Smoothie Makers, uh, yeah. four, four-part episode. She lives right uh, above uh, Kevin. Kevin. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he talked about her a lot. He used to talk about her a lot on uh, Plus One Per Diem when we did Plus One Per Diem. Oh, nice. Uh, a lovely lady. I just, yes. I was... Oh, um, I mean, we're just I talking was, about how we like her movies. She's, you know? uh, she's something else. I mean, that's, that's an experience right there. That's, yeah, if you get yeah. the chance, go to her house and hang out all day and... Uh, <laughs> Watch her try and Sounds operate a vacuum, vacuuming so, machine. Wear a North Face jacket, apparently. <laughs> it's fucking... <laughs> I, I, maybe the cancer makes her need to have the air conditioning on, but I've never been more cold in my life. Uh, Jeff wanted to know if we're excited about the Doctor Who coming uh, coming back on the air. No. I am. I am. It'll be fun. I. You know what? I, need, I really need to catch up on how many uh, years of <laughs> Doctor Who. Yeah. Because I, I was not... I, I'd never been aware of this, so... Yeah. It's just, now that I'm hearing it's it, it's a fun show. Yeah, it's it's a fun show. I want to get into a, it. It's a new companion. So. I like the one with the ugly British guy with the fro. Yeah, no. that was like the '70s. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really bad teeth. Uh-huh. I was watching it on PBS, going, "What is wrong with British people?" I, just, I didn't know that they. Oh, it's their teeth. They have yeah the special every act. single one. No, but a lot of the teeth. actors would would rise up in the ranks, and they were their teeth were not TV ready. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you're wrong because they were on TV. They're on TV. Well, in, yeah. in England. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Bioshock Infinite. Anybody? Yeah. That's a that new, looks good. That really looks good. Yeah. It's a new video game Graphics that's coming out. Um, was Bill the voice on it? No. Oh, <laughs> well, then I'm only into video games. Bill is on. Um, I'm in. Looking forward to the new Evil Dead. Yes. And. Uh, yeah, what are you looking forward to, Bill? We're gonna wrap. I mean, Steve, uh, uh, getting off the internet and uh, getting off the grid and writing uh, on parchment with my quill. Yeah, <laughs> and, what, and loving. I love the town I'm in. I have this civic pride. I love and, L.A. I love everything about. It. I love Cleveland so much. I left it because it was so. I experienced oh, everything. Come on, he has got. <laughs> It's got civic pride. I've never been to Cleveland. I will probably never go to Cleveland. Michael Simon's from Cleveland. Celebrity, celebrity chef. He's in one of the Iron Chefs. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't watch cooking shows. No, I. I, I love Bill. I just love to shit on his <laughs> parade. His parade of yes. They were born in Cleveland. Uh, okay, I'm looking nope. forward to what the the Supreme Court is going to do about Prop Eight. Um, They're going to let the gays marry. I don't know. We'll oh. find out. They they just finished up the arguments a couple hours ago. Oh God. Um, and, Can we move on? Isn't this a non-issue? And what do you got coming up? Uh, myself, I've got uh, some good stuff coming for the breaks. Uh, I've got some producer friends that are going to be on the show, some uh, upcoming talent, uh, 
coming on the show. So I, I've been kicking the brakes back into gear with having uh, relevant guests on because I for a while it's just been fucking the Talking Head show. That's and like know, our show. It gets boring. Yeah, it gets yeah, boring, it gets boring right? Yeah. Right, people? Right, everybody? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Anyone chime in if you think we're boring? All right. Oh my god! Oh, we just got a tweet. That's terrible. There it is. You guys the are tweet boring. Came in. Um, yeah. Darren says, "Watch the newest Doctor Who." Wait, Darren. Darren uh, changed his uh, little his avatar. Hey. Go uh, back, Darren. Darren way has to do it. turned into a cartoon. Yeah. Look at that. Do you see the one down at the bottom there? Which what? what you, people can't see. No, no. I'm asking you guys. See, oh, there's Darren it's just for in us. real Jeez. life. And, and then, then he became a cartoon. And then he tuned on um, Darren, he is a super fan. He is a uh, yeah. on the we, honor roll of the, the Chariots of Fire. And you don't even need to be a super fan to be on the show. All you need to do is tweet us tweet at us, damn Nooner, it. Dan Marty. Email us at Nooner Podcast. Get some questions in. Uh, review the show on for, iTunes. Re- I, I yeah. need some new... Uh, we need some new... Absolutely. But, well, uh, you guys are all... Everyone who's listening is an outlier. You are... Uh, you, no, you're, you're very special. You are... You're special. You're, you're you are elite. You are mavens. You are... You have incredible taste. So you've got to know at least three people who have taste. Half as good as yours. So tell them to listen and yeah. give it a try. And get us... Uh, and put post on... Uh, post on Smodcast. On the Smodcast page as well. Yeah. 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 Let, let the people above... Know that that you're listening, um, and uh, we, like I said, we'll have a guest next week. Get your questions in for him, the lovely and wonderful David Huntsberger. He was on our penultimate Nooner show, I think. Um, yeah, that's oh, when Jay West was doing uh, Sound Free. Oh, that's right. I yeah, missed that one. Yeah, so we were over at Dan's house for that. So yeah. uh, he'll be in studio, and um, we'll see you next Tuesday. There it is. Godspeed. Hit that button. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.